This monster we have raised is Tabcast 35. On it, we hold hands while the city is built. We discuss my favorite way to get rid of unwanted games, and we gather our imps together to do a playthrough review of Dungeon Pets. Welcome to episode 35 of the Tabcast. I'm Fred. I'm joined by my wife. Nicole. That's right. Now, Nicole, how many pets have we raised? Just a couple. A couple? Well, we had the sea monkeys. Did they count? Well, we had trilobites. Well, those are sea monkeys. No. The package says sea monkeys. Well, we had, those were brine shrimp or something, weren't they? Aren't sea monkeys brine shrimp? Yes, you're right. We had something else. We had trilobites. Right. We, we, and there, here's what's even funnier. Okay, so a trilobite is a ridiculous little kind of horseshoe crab kind of thing. And it's it's really old. But they're still around. Right. But they'll <clears> so, like freeze dry them. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, the eggs. We right. still had to grow it from eggs. And, and you kind of prepare this little tank. And this is something you can get at like a science shop. Mm-hmm. And you've got these little trilobite eggs. And hopefully they hatch. And we had one hatch pretty well. And, and this is what's even funnier is that at some point we went out of town. And we had to have Matt come over and take care of our trilobite for us. <laughs> <laughs> he did it too. Right, right. I don't think it lasted much longer than a season though, do you? No, they were, they, it didn't last long at all. Right. So, I don't know. And well, then we had sugar gliders. Right. How were those? They were cute and fluffy. <laughs> if anybody doesn't know what a sugar glider is, they look like a little chipmunk, except they have uh, like a membrane that, that kind Which of... sounds gross, but it's not. No, it's it's cool. They have a membrane that goes between their front and back legs, sort of like a flying squirrel, and they can actually somewhat glide. Right. Now we got these uh, as as like little rescue pets. They're normally they're normally really expensive, like two hundred and fifty dollars each. Yeah, we didn't pay that. These are marsupials too, so they're like a little possum. Right. So they're like they got they got a little pouch, you know, and stuff, and they their little babies are called joeys, just like baby kangaroos. Well, and they like to sleep in your pocket and stuff. They call them pocket pets. Sometimes. Supposedly, but supposedly. they never did that for us, did well, they? No, they were rescued, and they were. <laughs> They you have to bond not... with them before they have their sensibilities about, like, you know, being wary about big creatures and stuff. Yeah, they and, didn't. They were nervous a lot. Right. And these, these guys were pretty nervous with us most of the time. They kind of looked at us like a big tree that puts off food every once in a while. Right. So they would still jump on us and crawl on us. A little bit, yeah. You know, but for the most part, they were they were scared and skittish around us and never really settled down. I couldn't, like, rub its belly. I couldn't rub either one of their bellies. No, they didn't like that. <laughs> no. But those guys came and went. Yeah. They we were, got them 50 bucks each. Penn and Teller. They were cute. Yep. A couple little boys. Mm-hmm. They fought a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then course, Pepper. Right. Which Pep. you've all heard her little jingly jingly collar. Right. So. <laughs> that's now, it. I will say that as far as raising a pet, though, I think Pep's the only one we really raised. I couldn't train those gliders. Well, no. <laughs> They're not really trainable. They are cute, though. They do rate, in my book, as one of the highest cute pets that you can you know get yeah but they're they're just they're nocturnal 
Right. And we were finally getting to like we we were out of college at that point, so right. we were finally getting to like normal schedule, mm-hmm. like not going to bed at two in the morning kind of people. Right. And uh, so we didn't see them a lot, <laughs> a lot of the time. Well, yeah, I mean, we I. I... That's the thing is we go to bed. I go to bed about 11 o'clock at night usually. And these little guys would get up somewhere around 945. Yeah. So you'd get like an hour with them at most. Right. And then. And they were mostly really excited to see you until you fed them. And then they were kind of like. go away. They were like, yeah, back in my cage. They would go climb back in their cage and be like, I'm cool. Thanks mm-hmm. anyways. Yeah. If you stayed up for a few more hours, they would wake back up again and come out again mm-hmm. and jump around a little bit and then go back into their cage again. Right. We I don't know. We have Matt watch them once too, didn't we? Right. <clears throat> I can't really recommend that pet. No, no, no. I mean, I, I just don't. They they had all sorts of medical problems, especially one of them had like uh, impacted salivatory glands so that yeah. he would become a little Quasimodo glider every once in a while. And we'd have to <laughs> take him to the vet and get like his face lanced. To... Oh, it was terrible. It was awful. I mean, they're cute as can be. And it was funny when you when you start walking out of the room and you look behind you and this little gray chipmunk is running up behind you and jumping up, grabbing your leg and climbing up your body and jump, you know, all the way to your shoulder. I mean, it is cute. Yeah, but, but that little guy, something that I don't even know what happened to him before we got him, but he was already missing a toe <laughs> when we got him. Gang fight. I guess. It you was know? <laughs> it was sad. So, anyhow, as opposed to Pep that I never feel like I'm done raising. No, she's like a toddler. Only you can leave her by herself, which is handy. Right. And every once in a while, she conveniently forgets all the rules and tries to test the waters again to see what she can get away with. Yeah. Not not bad, though. I mean, there's a lot of it, though. Yeah. But she hasn't like jumped on the furniture in years. Well, yeah. It's been like three years now since she's even tried that little trick. She knows that that's uh, absolute pop fury. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, so this week. (laughs) <laughs> Raising a pet is like playing a game. This does relate to rules. our game that we played this week. This <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Is, this, is just, this isn't just like rambling. Uh, we did play Dungeon Pets this week. <laughs> but first, uh, we did actually get a game that I kind of want to talk about in our What Got Played segment. Oh, okay. We like to game with gods. We like to game with dice. So this is what we say. But when the chips were gone and the sun came up, hey, let's see what got played. Okay, this is amazing. I'm so happy we got this to the table. Mm-hmm. Because a few episodes ago, a couple episodes ago, we, we did a peaked interest that was our stack of shame. Right. Right? Which your stack is pretty much the same as my stack since it's the same room. Right, same games. collection. Yeah. Except my, mine's more shameful because I... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, you were playing them this whole amount of time on some of those. Some of them, yeah. <clears throat> but one of them I talked about, we got to the table. Which one was that? Dante's Inferno oh. by Twilight Creations. Can you believe that? <laughs> I can't believe that. Now, this is a game that uh, is made by, the, I said Twilight Creations, but it's, these are the same people who make zombies, exclamation point, times three. Is that a game about, like, like drone bees? I, it's it's just one of those like, things. Uh, I'm just going to flowers. Just put it out there, guys. You said it weird. <laughs> I'm just going to put it out there that one exclamation point already means yelling as loud as you can. Three doesn't make it louder. <laughs> well, yeah, but if you saw a bunch of zombies coming your way, would you scream just one exclamation point worth of yelling? Yes, because that's all that's possible. That's Man. what it means. Nah. It doesn't, you, you, adding more doesn't make it more expressive. It just... I personally would scream repeatedly, so I approve of the three exclamation points. 
points. I don't know. It's just to annoy you. I, I don't approve at all. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we played Dante's Inferno, and this is the same people who made that. And in this game, you are just like the book, I guess, Dante's Inferno, the source material for this in, this theme. You are kind of traveling around the layers of hell, and there's different, you know, different uh sins that are represented on the board but it's kind of uh i think in in dante's inferno originally each layer of hell represented the suffering for a different sin as you went into the middle in Hmm. this case though every layer uh just becomes more dangerous as you go into the middle but it also generates more resources that allows you to buy and manipulate your way around the board because that's all you can really do with your resources Mm -hmm. sort of move around and move you know I guess you, you'd make demons and stuff. I don't know. Either way. Well, I guess you, since your main objective <laughs> is to get to the center and right. defeat the devil, mm-hmm. I guess you're just getting like bonuses because you're the brave one that'll do it. I don't know. But anyways, you got... <laughs> We're going to go with that theme. <clears throat> this is like a three to six player game. And, and why was it a three player game? Do you remember? No. I could never tell why, but it, it actually says three to six on the box. Probably. Maybe there was some trading or something. Well, no, we didn't trade anything. But there were, you could, like, attack the other characters with the demons. Right. I don't know. It just didn't seem like it needed to be a three-player game. Yeah. I, I never quite understood that. But it sat on my shelf for a really long time. Maybe we should play it Specifically because see. it said three players. Yeah. I don't see why it couldn't have been a two-player game. <clears throat> so Especially maybe, if we both played two characters, right. which wouldn't be a hard thing. Right. Well, this game I've had for, for 12 years. That's why it was on my shame list. Mm-hmm. And we finally played it. Uh, this does, you open it up and you've got a whole bunch of tiles. And each tile represents two layers of hell. And in the first two layers, uh, your resources, if you roll a, a, basically all the tiles have a number on every single tile. And if you roll the number or two numbers on every tile. Two numbers. If you roll one of the two numbers that's on there, you generate the resource that of that color of that tile, the background color of that tile. Right. And there's several different resources. And then there's like a little menu that you use to buy. Colorful resources. <laughs> right. There's a little menu, though, that tells you how to buy certain things. And it might be uh, like... Um, another minion. Right. Or... Like extra people moving to another layer. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? I can't even remember all the stuff you could buy with that. Terrible. Oh, different we... resources. You could buy different resources by Yeah, you could exchange them in. out. Um <clears throat> It had like a Catan kind of thing where if you rolled... If you rolled a seven. Then you had demons come at you. Right. You would produce a demon in the corner. <laughs> and at the end of your turn, you could move a demon or something like yeah, that. And, and, if, your... and if a demon was on somebody else's space, they would be attacked and pushed back a layer. Because the whole thing is you're trying to push through these. Like you've got all a these layer rings. layer of the layer. <laughs> Sorry, that's funny. <laughs> I'm telling you. And uh, <clears throat> so you got... You kind of... You know, you built a few of these little rings. They're double layers. And I think it went like up to eight or something like that. And at the ninth center layer was Lucifer. Mm-hmm. And uh, you just kind of push forward and you gain more resources in different layers. Like as you push forward and inward, every two layers, you'll go up like to two resources now. And then it's three resources now when you roll a number. And by the time you get to, to Lucifer, you're at four resources every time you roll one of the numbers. And if you go in to fight Lucifer, of course, you have to roll dice to try to beat him. Yeah, it's all about rolling the dice. Right. And having... The resources come up by the number that you're on. Right. 
It's very Catan-like. That's so funny. Kind of, because yeah. you, you don't... You, the first layer is... is all, Like, the first two layers are, are laid out at the start. And yeah, it's already built, so it's like a, a hollow <laughs> that's board. That's another thing you can buy, is you buy tiles to place down on the board. Right. And as you place these tiles, you're choosing where they go and, and trying to make the more beneficial numbers and coloring of, of resources you're going to gain near your your character that's moving inwards. Mm-hmm. And it's it's built so like a build square. The board as you go. Yeah, it's built like a square with these little squares going in and in into the very middle square. And you know, if you have to fight a demon in the first layer, it was like, wasn't it easy? Like five, you, you had to like, roll two d sixes, and you got a five or higher, then you would beat the demon in the in the first layer. Mm-hmm. And then, and the third layer and fourth layer, you had to roll like a six or something like that to beat him. And then by the time you get down to the middle. To fight a demon in the layer just before Lucifer is like an eight or better, and to beat Lucifer, you have to roll a ten or better. Right. So there is a lot of just sort of like moving into the middle, you know, and and fighting demons and gaining resources and trying to get the lucky roll you need, and you're rolling a lot, mm-hmm. you know. And when you get to the middle, you're like I got I got to Lucifer before Matt did. Yeah, but and you I got and I got knocked beat. out of there and then i went back in again and mm-hmm. got knocked back out again mm-hmm. and then matt walked in and rolled an 11 and i never even got there that's right i tried i was Sorry. so close i was the closest first <laughs> like i got onto that final layer right before lucifer before either of you mm-hmm. and yet i did not win it was very sad <clears throat> but i mean the good news is it's not on my shame list anymore no the bad news is it's only average. I wouldn't call it anything above average. <laughs> it did take quite a long time for... It, it overstayed its welcome, for sure. It did. If it was... But what Whoa. the heck was that weird Apologies. noise? <laughs> gurgle, gurgle. Fred's taking a drink. Don't spit. Okay. You don't even have to say that. You could just keep talking and not mention that. Yeah. You don't have to narrate my drinks. Well, <laughs> you just made like thumpy noises all over the table I just, again. All I did was... I, I don't do it again. Stop. Sorry. Quit. Don't. You can hear it like every single time. This is why I have a little side table over here. Well, congratulations. Some of us are so fortunate. Think about these things for our our poor, unfortunate listeners listening to you. Look at you. What were we talking about? It's a terrible game. (laughs) Terrible? No, it wasn't terrible. It was just long. It was really long. It was pretty, though. I was ready for it to be over well before it was over. I think we all were. (laughs) But then, you know, it's very... It feels pretty strategic at the beginning. You're like right. trying to make each other, you know, run into demons and, and not get the resources that they want. You can actually move right. your competitors with if you spend some of your resources, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But then we all start racing toward the middle. And it, it happened was, pretty fast, right? It happened really, really <clears throat> fast for how long it took to get there in the right. first place. We spent over half the game on the outer two layers. And, and then all suddenly of a sudden, we were like at the middle. Boom. Yeah. It was just there. <laughs> and you guys were running in and beating him. Yep. Done. And you were like, wait up, guys. I want to play too. Oh, I tripped on a rock. <laughs> Ow, my knee. Mom. <laughs> I need a Band-Aid. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I thought the pieces were actually a little too colorful for such a a dark theme. <laughs> I mean, they were like, my guys were like bright orange. Right. And Matt was blue because he's always blue. You had yellow because you're always yellow. I, and I, I'm just going to say that these were some of the most colorful they were yellows super and bright. blues and everything I've ever seen. Brilliant colors. And all of the, the resources pieces that you get. Oh. Reese's pieces. No. Um, <laughs> resource pieces. The You know, peanut butter with a candy shell. Yum. Um, <laughs> they were red, yellow, blue, and green as well. 
Right. So, I mean, it was a very colorful game. Right. It was lively. It was the rainbow of hell. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> I will say that thematically, it really didn't do much. You get a, you get a whole wad of demons, and they're they're the demon little figurines are really fun because they they have that sort of uh, that that ink cut out kind of uh, you know you know those the what you know those like what do they call it the engraved prints that they do where they do like they they cut like an engraving and then they use that to stamp ink on a page and you see those like in these old like sort of biblical texts and stuff like that, like, or any kind of like illustration from like maybe 1400 or earlier uh-huh. will be these weird, like grotesque demons and stuff in these like weird, uh, <clears throat> I can't remember what they call it. It's like an engraving. I don't know. But it's, it's, it's like super, a relief. Maybe. maybe, but it's super cool. They, they, uh, the, the demons all come out of like some artwork from that kind of stuff. And so they're these really, you know, ridiculous, like harpy demon. And, and then there's like, a. I don't know, there's a couple winged ones and stuff. And Lucifer looks like a man with, with big bat wings. Yeah. He's not handsome or anything. He's still no, grotesque. He's, but Yeah, demon-y looking. <clears throat> so you get a bunch of but these little miniatures. The little and the tiles miniatures were kind of cool, too, though. Well, yeah, they show like a whole bunch of little souls suffering. And they kind of change as they go through every couple layers. They, yeah. The tiles are a little different. It kind of reminded me, like, do you, uh, do you remember seeing that uh, Devil's Advocate with Al Pacino and yeah. Keanu Reeves? Yes. He had that weird painting behind him <clears throat> at the end where it comes to life and the people are moving around. It was kind of like that, only like not all nudie and graphic and, you know. Right. It was like that, but it was cool. <laughs> right. So, I mean, I mean, pieces wise, it's fine. But I mean, as far as thematically what you're doing, you're gathering resources. You're oh, I've got lust points and uh, <laughs> whatever. It, it, greed points. Greed points. Yeah. And if I combine lust and greed, I can get an extra guy. Yeah. Is kind of what it was like. So it was kind of strange. Yeah, we never even talked about those. Like during the game, it wasn't like, I'm going to spend my greed points. It right. Was we like, still, just, I, I've got green tokens. I'm going to spend my right. green tokens. We'd still say, oh, I've got to fight this demon and oh, I have to fight Lucifer. And But that's as far as the theme would get. Yeah. It's okay. It's one of those games that like if you picked it up for five bucks or something, it'd probably worth, be worth like five bucks. I mean, the demons, you could use them in other games, but they're a little smaller than normal scale. So, I mean, they're not 30 millimeter. They're like 15 to 20 millimeter, somewhere in there. Well, now that we know how to play it, I wonder if it wouldn't go a little bit faster anyway. You could play Mm. it like as a speed round. That'd be kind of cool. Yep. I think I'd enjoy that, actually. But it actually has tile placement, has that Catan resource kind of gathering on dice rolls. And it's super easy to learn. (laughs) It's got really basic combat ideas, and you just kind of... You know, play around and Doesn't yeah, oh yeah, you could dice. you could move somebody else's piece on on your turn by mm-hmm. spending resources. That was another thing you could do because you can't cross paths on the rings. Like you'll bump into another person, and that's technically a dead end unless you're a layer ahead of them on the same tile. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It was okay. Yeah, it wasn't it's... bad. It definitely was not bad. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> it just wasn't something I would like go. Oh my goodness! And stumble over, or push someone out of the way. That's my game. You know. Yeah. I wouldn't do that. I'm telling you, my least favorite part was the fact that Matt won. <sighs> Poor Matt. He needs a win. <laughs> he lives with the girl who beats him at every game, I'm pretty sure. Probably. <laughs> Anyways, that's what got played this time. Uh, but let's go ahead and move on. Let's, let's just talk about some a couple of upcoming games that I haven't written a jingle for this yet. Hmm. But I keep wanting to, well, keep wanting me, to do one. Sing me a little song. Uh, I got nothing. You got no, what? <laughs> I'm very disappointed in your behavior, <laughs> sir. I don't care. Uh but we're uh, we're thinking about you know just making this a regular thing to do a segment about some upcoming games that get announced, especially around this time of year. They keep announcing stuff mm-hmm. and getting me kind of excited. 
And yeah. I don't. I want to talk about stuff before I have the chance to buy it. Okay, so Fred's going to talk about stuff now. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the official. That's on. No. That's on. Re- on the recording. No, we're not using. No. <clears throat> I'll just put a drum beat. Do, no. Da, do, da, do, da. No. Okay. Anyways, oh, it's terrible. Uh, one thing I wanted to, to mention is Warhammer Quest Silver Tower, and this is something that just came out of nowhere. So tell me about it. What is that? Okay. Well, Warhammer Quest. Okay, so a lot of people know about a game called Hero Quest. It was released by like Mattel, I think, back in the late '80s, early '90s, <clears throat> and this was a like a Dungeons and Dragons in a box kind of kind of experience. They had this kind of gridded off board that had little rooms and stuff in it, and sometimes you would use the room, sometimes you wouldn't, and you had a game master that would play certain, you know, to play this map down and, and sort of map out this dungeon as you went through it and tried to find your way down to the next dungeon and tried to get to the bottom of all this whole series of dungeons and beat some big bad guy right mm-hmm. much like the game we just talked about one of the things about it this is what's crazy oh, okay <clears throat> no way cooler because there's like there's a lot more <laughs> fighting and the you know there's just a lot there's there's character development you'll get to like buy or get new armor and have a different sword than you started with and you know increase your dice and increase how much defense you have and mm-hmm. you do all this crazy stuff during it you you have a full-blown you know rpg sort of adventure well this was developed by games workshop for them for mattel right okay and that means that you have the people who made who make warhammer 40k making a dungeon crawl game and they turned around right afterwards, and Games Workshop actually put out a sequel to it called Advanced Hero Quest. Mm-hmm. Because they, they you know... Because it the, was too easy before. I think the original game company just decided they didn't want to carry it anymore. They weren't going to promote another one. And so they released Advanced Hero Quest under their own name. And I'm sure they didn't sell even a quarter as many. But a lot of people recognize Hero Quest as like one of the first games that they ever played in the board games that, you know, or a lot of people consider it one of the games that got them into board games. Mm-hmm. And hence this game fetches a pretty high price tag because of that, that, you know, that history. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> Warhammer quest was a game that games workshop followed up the hero quest, dropping the hero quest altogether. And when they went to do a sequel to advanced hero quest, they made Warhammer quest a game that I actually... This is the hilarious part about Warhammer Quest. This is what it means to me. I had collected magic cards all the way up until after the first expansion had come out. And I got so tired of the game by the time the first expansion was out. I traded all of my magic cards in to a comic book shop locally. And he he traded me all those cards. And I'm sure he made tons of money off my cards. I'm sure I had no idea what money I had involved. Hmm. But bottom line is I said, I want Warhammer Quest and I don't want these. And Warhammer Quest claimed to be a game weighing in at over five pounds. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I wanted it. These are the reasons we're never going to be able to retire. Why? Because Warhammer Quest? Because you give away your magic cards. I'm just kidding. I'm pretty sure I had I had cards from the series that, I, in fact, I know I did. I had cards from the series that preceded the re-release of Magic. So, like, they came out with a run of it and failed, and then they, they relaunched again uh-huh. later. And I had cards from the failed series, which are worth, oh my goodness, so much, so much money now. It's a good thing <clears throat> I love you so much. <laughs> Who knew, okay? Yeah. Was I even around at that point? No. Okay, we'll see. Then it's this, fine. This precedes you by about two or three years. Eh, then it's all good. Okay. 
so anyways, that's what it means to me is that that was that Warhammer Quest was actually the game that marked me not playing Magic the Gathering anymore. Hmm. And truthfully, I, I kind of flirted with Magic along the ways after that. Ooh, but, magic, but really, awfully cute. I'm like, oh, Magic, I like that outfit. <laughs> but, uh, but since then, I haven't done I haven't done anything with it, really. I've tried to play it with you one time, just pulling out a couple decks and you were like, yeah, this is not good. I don't like it. It's OK. It's all right. <clears throat> well, now they're coming out with Warhammer Quest Silver Tower. Okay, so what does that do? Well, the bad news is, is they didn't throw out this box weighs over five pounds on it. <laughs> well, I don't think anybody cares about that now. <laughs> they may. If they it. said over five pounds of miniatures, people would be like, what? No, 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 no. <laughs> but it's it's coming out. Like, so they're getting they're finally doing another re- a release of this. Now, this Warhammer Quest. Do we Quest... need this? Since we isn't, do you have the other one still? <laughs> yes. So do we need this? I don't know yet. I haven't uh-huh. looked at it, but I do know that unlike the first Warhammer Quest, which the models all came assembled, this one is not like that at all. Does it does it come with glue? Probably not. Oh, God. But Games Why Workshop. You just need to breathe for a second. No, Games Workshop is, I guess, burping the, the... That's awful. The, I, li- I like that you really call attention to any time <laughs> I have any kind of biological <laughs> problem. <laughs> Thank you for that. You're welcome. The, uh, <laughs> I love you. Warhammer Quest Silver Tower is just exciting because they're trying to pursue that again. And Games Workshop has has kind of, they shied away from board games. And in the last year, they've thrown out a whole lot of games. Mm-hmm. Just these, but they're mostly these sort of skirmish battle games or cooperative games where they have some sort of mechanic to, you know, to fight these these aliens or bad guys or whatever. And you play a couple like little stormtrooper guys or whatever and run in there and kill everybody. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point of the games, which is fine. But this is that return to that. You know, probably I'd probably say this is one of their most sought after titles. Space Hulk is really sought after. They re-released that a couple times. Do we have that? Blood Bowl's coming out later this year as a re-release, but I've heard already that there's almost no changes in rules, which makes me go, okay, so I want it. Why? You know, <clears throat> and this one. you didn't have it and before. And Warhammer Quest. I do have it. Yeah, but other people may not. Well, those people were crazy. <laughs> that was readily available. <laughs> well, not now. So they got to put it out again. Best football game ever. Mm. It is. Okay. Uh, so I'm just excited to see what the product is. They've just got a couple teasers. You know, that's that's all they've got so far is like some artwork and a picture of a, an enemy sprue, which is, if you don't know what a sprue is, it's like a, <laughs> it, it's it's like the frame that holds all the model pieces that you clip the pieces off of. That's a sprue. And a mm-hmm. sprue of miniatures would be all the pieces on the frames but they're not going to put them together no you're going to have to glue these together this is this is this does follow the idea of that games workshop has which is this is a hobby and a game at the same time so you have to be into both in order to really enjoy it this is why we still haven't played your little brimstone game that one's ready to go Mm. that's not why it has nothing to do with that i know that's ready to play i'm just offended by the lack of glue provided yeah that one's pretty bad (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the other thing I saw recently that I wanted, I was kind of wanted to mention was uh, 51st State is getting a sort of re-release as the 51st State Master set. What is that? This is like a game that I've never paid attention to. And I, even though I've heard mentions of it, it's, it's, uh, it's sort of a dystopian future set game where you, you know, it's, but it's played very mechanically. You've got, you know, uh. I think you're sort of exploring and, you know, doing some weird stuff with cards. I can't really explain it right now, but the... Uh, See, I thought you were <clears> going to say it was like a Drew Barrymore, Adam Sandler 
Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. In this one, they've been they've they got met. They're married now, and then they meet again, and they can't live anywhere specifically because she keeps forgetting where their house is, and now they're in their fifty first state. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, the uh, <laughs> that's not it at all. That's terrible, right? But this one, this this is what's kind of interesting about this. Now, this game's been out for a while. And Portal Games, uh, the same guys who do like Robinson Crusoe and stuff mm-hmm. like that, those guys uh, did a sort of like a, a Kickstarter on their actual page. So they did they did like a fundraising thing through their through their website where they're like, Not look, like you can actual. get yeah, you can get all this extra stuff if you order it from us up front. You'll get all these extra cards and extra goofy stuff. You know, hmm. uh, let's see if they can if I can figure this out. Uh, a card game in which players. <laughs> You're just gonna read. Don't read it verbatim. I know. Jeez. Yeah, you 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 hire leaders, send people to work, gain resources and skills. Uh, I mean, I, it doesn't sound that exciting, but it's I, I, it's just uh, if you actually watch some of the videos, I think it looks really neat. I don't know. I should have looked into it a little more. <laughs> I watched that video like three weeks ago. <clears throat> I don't care. 51st State Master Set is what's coming out. And it's supposed to com- combine a bunch of like uh, expansions and stuff like that. It's like one of those big box versions of another game. And this is a game that, that I had kind of heard of and, and dismissed. And I, I'm just saying it's worth checking out the video. This is one that's actually on my list is something I want to get. So are these like Gen Con releases or are these like other releases? Or? Actually, Warhammer Quest. This is what's nuts. Here it's it's like May first, and it's like oh, here's a picture of this Warhammer Quest game we're releasing, and here's a picture of a model sprue, and all of a sudden they're like oh, by the way, this comes out at the end of the month. Oh, so it's coming out now. It comes out May like 29th or something like that. What day is this? I don't That's know. That's like next week. Right. That crazy. They basically said one month notice. This new game's coming out. That's okay. Yeah. Fifty first state. I don't know exactly what's going on with that. I think people Obviously. have started receiving. <laughs> Thanks, Nicole. The uh, <laughs> support continues. The fifty uh, first state. I think is coming out. Some. I thought. I thought it would be coming out before Gen Con, considering that they've wrapped it up, and I've already seen pictures of people with their boxes, like holding them up, like, "Hey, look what I got." Oh yeah, that's definitely okay. So hopefully that's coming pretty soon. Hmm. That's on my list. Okay. You know. But that's all I got to talk about. Anything you've, you're looking forward to? No, I haven't looked into anything. Yeah. I, you know, okay. So right. I'm guilty of like picking up new hobbies here and there. Yeah. So I I bought like these little terracotta pots and I painted them with little stencil patterns. Right. And I didn't look at board games online. Hmm. I've been playing games with you. Hmm. It's not my fault. <laughs> <I don't look>. <laughs> <laughs> They're super cute. Well, here's the good news. I'm going to post an Instagram of them. Whenever we get new games, people are going to like them. Whenever let's let's talk about games. Okay. Oh my goodness, <laughs> you and your plants. <laughs> They're super cute. I know. Whenever whenever we get new games, though, Nicole, uh, we have to sometimes make room by getting rid of some of these old games. And as people who have listened to this know, I, I don't like every game that we play on the podcast. <laughs> so yeah. basically, when you when you don't like a game or you want to get rid of it, you basically have like four options that I can tell. Okay, you can sell it, you can give it away, you could just throw it away, or you can trade it. And in this case, I piqued my interest because I took part in my first ever math trade. Whew. Wow, would you look at that? Magnificent. Yo, lady. 
Here are some peaked interests. All right. So I participated in a no ship math trade. Now, no ship means obviously that you're not going to mail it. You have to go somewhere in person and hand your box, you know, to someone else. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Math trade, I'm going to say that up front, it made me feel kind of intimidated because I was like, what kind of math do I have to do? I'm not exactly a mathy guy, you know, <laughs> but there is no real math you need to do. The math is all controlled by, you know, a computer program. Yeah. And, you know, not at all by the, the people themselves. Which is probably a good thing. Right. <laughs> so there's no mistakes. Don't check your work. Somebody, this computer's done it for you. <clears throat> so the term, I mean, like I said, it sounded really intimidating, but there is no math. And basically on, on Board Game Geek, I was made aware that there was a, there was a math trade going on at a, a local game store. And so I went, all I had to do was go on the, onto this thread, you know, just one of the message threads on Board Game Geek. And you start looking down the list and there's like all these games that people have posted that are, that they're willing to trade. And you just kind of go down that list and, you know, it's, it's pages long and you see a couple things you kind of want. And then you kind of go up and say, well, if that was, if I could get that for this game, I'd love it, you know, mm -hmm. or if I could get one of these four games for one of these four games, I would love that, you mm -hmm. know? And so then you sign in and basically post some games that you'd like to, you know, to actually trade and you do it right there in that, that, uh, forum. Posting these games, saying I'm gonna, I'm gonna trade this game, I'm gonna trade this game, I'm gonna trade this game, and this game, and then <clears throat> at the end of an like a period of time, there's like an expiration time, where at the end of it, uh, let's just say, oh, it's next Friday, you have to have all your games in. Then they're gonna give you like a time frame from Friday till Monday to go onto this separate control site and pick out the games that you want to trade for. Okay. This is, the, this is the most confusing part of it. So, so the guy who's doing this so trade will basically take... Basically, at first, you're just posting what you're willing to trade. <clears throat> right. And then the second step is so now this choosing guy, all the ones that you right. would be willing to take. So now whoever's doing the trade has gone in and hand-typed, you know, or, or made this giant list of these games and who what names associated with each game. You go onto this separate site and you log in with your same Board Game Geek credentials. It's still hosted by Board Game Geek technically, but it takes you from BoardGameGeek.com to some other site, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you go into there and it says, hey, you've logged in as who, like Fred Krueger. And you're going to, uh, you're, you said you would trade these four games. And you were like, oh, yeah, I did say I was going to trade those four. And they're like, what would you like to trade for? And so then you list... You go through the list and you can actually find the games that you want to trade for and you mark all those games. And then you can even go a step further now because now it's going to throw up a list of what you're trading and what you want to trade for. And then you can actually tell it, I only will trade this game for this game if you want to. Or you can say, I'll trade any of these games for any of these games. You can kind of really, you know, manipulate how it's going to leave your collection. Like, I don't so want this game leaving unless this game's coming in. You can say that. So it's a little more safe. Like, <clears throat> if you if you know that you're going to get a copy of right. Dixit, you don't want to be giving up, you know, a copy of something massive. Right. Right. Okay, got it. So you, you, you don't necessarily want Caverna being tra traded for, you know, Uno. Right, that would be silly. <laughs> right. So you can say, I'm only going to trade this, I'm only going to trade Love Letter for Uno. Mm -hmm. You know, you could say that. Mm -hmm. and, and completely make every other trade not available unless, 
it's only love letter and uno but here's the, here's what's cool about this okay so after you select this uh you basically just you, you tell it exactly what you want it to be and you select you just say yes i'm done and you have until that expiration of monday let's just say it was to uh complete your trade or to complete your list and you can revise it and add more games or take you know change how what you want to trade until then at that point they kind of lock in your answers and they just sort of run it the computer runs this through the wants and and trades of everyone and out the other side if you get you know if you're fortunate comes games that you were wanting to get for games that you were trading Mm -hmm. and this this is why this is important okay because i've tried to trade on board game geek before and failed miserably no one wants to trade for even dollars. Mm-hmm. If you have a $30 game and you're trade and you want to trade for a $30 game, no one will do that trade. The only people well, you're shipping it. <clears throat> right. But that doesn't matter. You're you're basically the money's spent. You're trading zero for zero. You're just you're just saying this is the value of this in my head. Mm-hmm. And you're still going to have to ship something and so are, so are they. But what I found out on Board Game Geek is 90% of the people trading are merely saying, I want to make money off of whatever I trade to you. So if I have a $30 game and you have a $30 game, you're going to have to give me two $30 games for me to give you my $30 game. Which is silly because it's not <coughs> right. a storefront. It's not, right. I'm willing to pay you more. But there are people, I, I, I'm not kidding you. At one time, I was trying to get rid of some games and I had five games that it was that probably had a retail like it like just like in an Amazon price value of two hundred and fifty dollars, and I was trying to trade for an Amazon value of one hundred and twenty dollars, and the guy actually said, "You're going to have to add another game in." We're still not quite there. That's silly. And I and I said it seems really out of balance in your favor already. And he said, "I'm I tried I'm trying to make a living. I'm just telling you how fast I can move these is based on how much I want to do it." Hmm. And then he actually went into my collection and picked games I was not trading and said, if you traded this, we could do something. That's weird. It was ridiculous. Like, it's the guy's running it as a business. And there's a bunch of people like that doing that. Yeah. Which makes basically makes trading, you know, almost impossible on Board Game Geek unless you're just trying to liquidate your collection for one game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, just for some people, that might be okay. Maybe. Because like you said, you've spent the money. You're not getting it back. Right. But at the same time, I don't know. That seems like you're kind of using people, too. And I don't... It's, it's not a good deal. I'm just telling you. I, yeah. I didn't have a good time. But buyer beware on that kind of stuff, right. too. No, and and I, tried, I tried so many times to get trades to go through. And people would say, I want this game. And I'm like, I'll trade you this game. It's more like worth more at the store than what you have that I want. Mm-hmm. And they would say, no, I don't, I don't really want to do that trade. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, this, you're right. You know? This makes it better because then you, I mean, it's pretty, it's a one for one. Basically, if you right. trade one game, you're getting one game, right? It may not have been exactly the one that you wanted, uh-huh. but it was one that you said you were willing to and take. You could say that I only will trade if it's this or that, or the one of these two games or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can do that much specification in right. this. And it also takes away that idea of value. And I found that, that people, you know, no one's going to try to run a business through a math trade. It's not going to really happen. No. Okay, so you you get away from all that, you know, fake trade stuff where they're just trying to basically take money from you Mm -hmm. and you get into an actual trade. Mm -hmm. Someone who says, I want your game for my game, but you're not trading directly. So no one ever really looks at the value of what they're giving versus what they're getting like that so much. Because your game could be going to buyer A while your other game goes to buyer, you know, 
Z. Right, and I get I get seller K's or trader K's mm-hmm. game and trader U's game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, which makes more sense. That's why it's it's this really efficient, nice way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Now I did. They don't happen very often, though. That's the that's the challenging part. <laughs> right, you the have to no wait. ship ones don't happen very often. No, and you have to. I mean, you, first off, you have to be in an area that probably has a game store because they're probably going to be the ones representing and right. making this happen. Mm-hmm. They're doing it so that you will come into their store in the first place. Right. So they're still kind of running a risk of maybe nobody's going to come in. Right. Although people do. Well, I know most conventions do a no ship, you know, game trade as well. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Which we're planning on taking advantage of one. We are? Coming up. Okay. Don't you want to? Sure. I don't know anything. You haven't planned a thing. Oh, yes, I have. Good, because I keep telling you what I want to do. So. What do you want to do? Any, it doesn't matter. We're not talking about it right now. All right. I like to fight with you. I know. So. I, I, I know that. That's your like, favorite pastime. All right. So, uh, <laughs> like I said, I really I really recommend Math Trades. If you get a chance to take part in it, I found, you know, found a lot of success doing it. I actually traded. I tried to trade four games. Two of them did trade. I got rid of a few acres of snow, which people will know from the history of this podcast. It was a try to do on a five for five, and it was miserable. We tried. We, made it we played like two, two games. It was awful. And it was so bad, we didn't want to do it anymore. Then I traded Xeno Shift, which everybody on here will know that it's... We gave that one very, <sighs> very many chances. Right. We, we did it as a feature and just hated it so much, we decided we better do it as a five for five just right. in case, because we felt like, you know, maybe it was it's so bad. our fault, but... No. Nah. Not not my kind of game. Yep. But I uh, received Bring Out Your Dead and Mystery at the Abbey. Neither of which we've played yet. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, the game trade was well organized. Uh, I did have to go to a game store and hand them to the organizer who said... Which was and he just looked at me. He's like, are you Fred Krueger 1? Are you F. Krueger 1? I said, yeah. And he goes, okay, so you got Zuno Shift and a few acres of snow. And he, I said, yeah. And he takes them from me and he goes, one, one, one in this pile and one in that pile. And then he turns around and hands me my pile. and goes, here you go. You know, mm-hmm. which was cool. Yeah, I love it. I highly recommend it. Uh, you know, I I don't. What does this say? I didn't even know what I wrote here. I don't know. I didn't read your. Huh? Yeah. It, it, well, no. no we recommend. We recommend the process. Right. Right. That's all we can say about that. <clears throat> right. So math trades. Good idea <laughs> for you. Reading Fred's writing. Bad Whatever. idea. Don't don't read it. All right. So here's the good news, though. The, the only thing we played is not Dante's Inferno in Dungeon Bets. We actually played a couple of five for five games, didn't we? A couple we? of them. Let's check out how that went. All right. All right. Let's go through it again and make sure we got it. Count us off, Bill. One, two, three, four. Five. This is a five for five update. All right. So five for fives. Uh, we had a couple of games left. We had, uh, and then we held hands, and we had citadels, and we've completed both of them. Yay. Which, of course, means today we're going to give you a new uh, five for five list. How cool is that? That's very cool. Are you excited about I'm it? I'm excited. I mean, I... I'm looking at the games right here. Oh, yeah. There Look they are. There they are. Hmm. <laughs> Get to those later. First things first, uh, we talked about on a, we got, what got played a few episodes ago, and we talked about, and then we held hands. Mm-hmm. Now... This is, we've, as we said before, a cooperative uh, little card game where you where you have a little row of cards in front of you and you're playing either cards out of your hand or cards out of your partner's hand and you're moving a little chip around the board and trying to reach certain spaces on this board that represents you know, a certain spot that you're supposed to reach based on little 
mood cards or whatever on the side. Yeah, so if you didn't listen before, basically you've got a tiny board in the center that has three circles made of colored dots. There's black, red, blue, and green. Right. Um, The blue and green are happy dots, and the red and black are Well, one's calm, one's happy, one's sad, one's angry. Right. So, you know, but positive and negative dots, I guess. Um, so if you play a card from either yourself or your partner's hand that is that t- is a green card, then you'll move to the, the green dot. And then... Yeah, you have to move immediately next to wherever your piece yeah. is so to one of the you, dots on the side of it that's yeah. color-coded that has to be matched by a card out of your hand. And then it will swing your little polarity, little uh, right. gauge. So if you go to the green, then you're in a better mood. If you mm-hmm. go to the black, then you're in a worse mood. Right. And you can't go too happy because I don't know why. And you can't go too sad because that would ruin the game. I, you know, the theme. The, <laughs> anyway. Um, right. And, and, and you have no. to replenish those cards by ending in a balanced state of mind. Right. Between happy, sad or happy, calm and sad, angry. Mm-hmm. And then you could replenish your cards back up to the amount you're supposed to have in front of you. And the whole goal of this game <clears throat> is just merely to get through three stacks of eight cards, get to the center at the same time, on the same turn, and, uh, and be at a balanced mental state when you get there. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point of this game. <clears throat> now, well, And then you hold hands. It doesn't even say that. In the I book. know, it's so, so goofy. We played this, you know, we did a what got played about this, and I kind, we kind of mentioned, hey, maybe we need to play this a few more times because we don't really know what we think about it. We're pretty sure what we think about it at this point. We're pretty sure that we don't like it. <laughs> yes, this is a terrible game. Yeah, I didn't care for it. it. It's it's an interesting little abstract, like theory of abstract, but I eh. just, eh. Here's one of the main rules that really kind of stifles it for me, okay? You can't talk about strategy or the game that you're playing at all while you play the game. Right. Which just makes it uncomfortably silent because it encourages you like, hey, talk about anything else. And you know what happens when talk you do that? Talk about your day. When talk you do about... that, you lose the game really quick because you're not concentrating on the game. Yeah. You're not paying attention to what <clears throat> is in front of you. Right. So now you're we're talking playing this game. Dinner. That, that, and, and I will say we won our first game of this because we played it on the easiest difficulty. Well, we played it on the next hardest difficulty and lost on the next one after that. And we lost and the next one after that we lost. And and we, we just kept losing. We, we basically lost five times in a row. Mm hmm. Once we raise the difficulty four up. Four times all. in a row, because we've, we've won the first one. So. <clears throat> right. Yeah. It, so this is a cooperative game. It's a two-player cooperative game, but you don't really cooperate. At all. Fully. Yeah. Between the two of you. You try to silently, but you just kind of sit there while you play this game and, and try to throw in like, like, hey, what do you want for dinner tonight? I don't know. Hold on. I'm taking my turn. Yeah. What'd you do at work today? <clears throat> well, I'm taking a turn, so there's that. You know? And right. then, like, if, if there was a couple of times, and I'm sure I probably did it too, but I would go to make my move and, like, take a card or what, play a card, whatever, and you just give me this look like, really? But you can't <laughs> tell me. So now I'm just thinking, well, are you giving me that look because of the conversation we're having, or did I screw up in the game? Because you right. can't tell me that. Right. Because apparently they think it's Fight Club. You can't talk about <laughs> Fight Club. Um, so when we played the full rules, one of the things that came in was, uh, arguments. 
And arguments were like this kind of rule-breaking moment of the game, because one of the base rules is is that you can't occupy the same space at the same time. Mm -hmm. Well, during arguments, you have to. So it kind of breaks that. And these arguments are represented by a little gray bar on the side of the card. And whenever that happens, you both have to reach the exact same colored space on the board, which wastes a ton of time and and raises the difficulty incredibly high compared to what it was. Mm -hmm. And... uh, we would have we had one where it just started off the game and we basically by the time we got to the argument we'd already we lost were al- we already lost the game yeah we'd already gone through the entire deck because we just couldn't get to one another right <clears throat> it was terrible <laughs> and I don't even like the artwork on these I don't right. know what it is about it but I don't like the colors that they chose it's got that uh, that Oniram kind of artwork which I don't care for right. and 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 I said this before but I'm going to say it again. They tried to make it so uh, it's okay for <clears throat> colorblindness, but it's not at all because the symbols that they chose, they made so tiny on these cards that you <laughs> practically need a magnifying glass right. to see them. Right. It was just bad. Yeah. There's nothing I liked about this game except for the little glass pente pieces. Right. That's and, it. and the theme is supposed to be And a those couple, were too big. Right. A couple working through their relationship and finding harmony at the, at the end of it all. Mm-hmm. But... I'm just saying that you don't work it out. You don't work together. You don't talk to each other. And I don't know any relationship that works like that. Yeah. If you, communication's the key to any relationship. If you don't talk it out, you're right. just stifling it up. And then you blow up. So, so it's terrible. I mean, it really thematically, it absolutely falls on its face and yeah. just becomes a color abstract that I can't talk. And I felt like even if I could talk to you, it was probably going to be incredibly difficult, if not impossible, to win half the time anyways. Yeah. So... Thumbs down. Thumbs down. I'm, I mean, if I'm out of five, I give it a one. I give it a one as well. I just want to get rid of it. I yeah. don't want to play it again. No. I don't want to see it on the shelf. No. I want it out of here. Yep. Hopefully, I can ride the hype wagon and get rid of it real quick. So, if you're <clears> listening <throat> to this podcast, don't tell anybody how bad it sucks. I know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wait till after we get rid of it. So that's uh, that's, and then we held hands. But let's talk about the other game, which I thought was way better. That's something positive. <laughs> it's not saying much based on our review uh, of... we played citadels yeah that's a, it's an old game isn't it this How is old? this is no spring chicken no uh i don't know we we just got it in the last year i just got yeah i got it for christmas i think right yeah right now this game uh i've i've heard some people that you know claim not to like it i've never investigated why but i uh we played this game five times four between just the two of us one time with matt brianna and the two of us Mm -hmm. and i had a really good time playing it Mm -hmm. i think uh it's pretty good this one it's like a hidden role kind of game but that Mm -hmm. changes every time every round Mm -hmm. so yeah you draft your hidden role and your and your when you draft one you discard one as well right so there's a little bit of manipulation too and information gathering while you're doing this role selection. That's the most important part of the game. Right. But it's, I mean, it starts <clears> off <throat> with like eight cards. Right. And you'll pick one of these roles, discard another one, pass it on to the next person. But the roles are things like uh, the very first one. Because you, when, you, when you go to play these roles, you're going to announce them in order. Whoever's the king, which is the oldest person, which is always me. Thank you for that. Whatever. Right. Um, you call out, okay, who's got number one? Well, number one in the, in the base game is the assassin. He's going to call out a role that he thinks somebody has chosen and basically murder them. So right. they don't get to take a turn later on. Then you've got uh, number two is a thief. Well, he's going to steal the coins from somebody, one of the characters that you announce 
that you think somebody has chosen and you steal all their money when it comes to be their turn. So they may not have any gold Mm -hmm. to be able to play with. Um, And then you've got the king gets to be first. So they've got like the best. Right. You steal the first player marker and you get to choose character cards first. Right. And then and several of the cards have. uh, Oh, and the king also pays you on yellow spots. Right. Which we haven't gotten to that part yet. Right. So. (laughs) (laughs) So you've got all these different roles that have different powers. And then ultimately, during your turn, you can take one action. And an action is either going to be to take two gold or to take two cards. Now, these cards are city cards, like district cards. Right. And you're ultimately wanting to pay the gold to build the cities Mm -hmm. or build the districts of your city. Right. Now, none of them can repeat when you build them. Right. So if you have two church cards, you can only build one church. But if you have a church and a cathedral, you can do both of those. Right. Which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> some of the roll cards that you have, they're going to have, like you said with the king, you're going to get, they're, they're different colors on each of the districts. There's yellow, purple, blue, red, and green. Mm-hmm. And so for the king, you'll get paid on yellow districts in your city. You get extra gold for that. Right. So basically, you've taken your turn. You've got either you take the two gold or you take two of the district cards, keep one in your hand and put the other one back. Mm -hmm. Then you actually get to build one of those districts. And that's your turn. Right. It's real simple. You start your turn off. Whoever the king is, is calling out numbers. Mm -hmm. And you go in order of the numbers. And they'll just say one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And whenever your number comes up, you reveal who you are. You decide when you're going to use your character's ability or if you're even going to use it. You uh, you take two coins or two cards, choose one card if you take cards, put the other one on the bottom, keep the two coins, build something out of your hand, do your character ability, and move on. Mm-hmm. And you just do that really quick. And this so and more of the game is spent truly doing character <laughs> doing character selection than and more of your thought process is doing character selection than it is just playing buildings down. That's mm-hmm. pretty simple uh, because you're just trying to gather either like symbols so that you can get paid more for certain cards or you're doing uh, a set collection kind of thing as well to get bonus points at the end of the game. And the first person who gets eighth card wins or is going to signify the end of the game and you're going to count up points. And you get bonus points for being the first one to hit eight buildings. Right. Or having the full complement of different colors. Mm -hmm. You get three points for that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know. It just seems to play out real simple. It's about a 30 minute game, isn't it? Maybe 45? Eh. Depending on, it was a little bit longer with the four of us playing. The two of us could play one of these games in about 20 minutes, maybe 20 to 30. Yeah, it's a quick, and it's quick to learn, too. It's easy to learn, easy to play, right? quick. It ended up being a lunchtime game for me. And now this is a small box, but I Mm -hmm. think, I think it's, I think it's got a pretty good value for the, for what you're, for the game that comes in the box. It's, mm-hmm. it's a $25 box. So it's a little expensive for this little tiny box and this deck of cards. It's got but a lot like, of replayability in it. I think though. <clears throat> right. I think it's pretty, it's pretty decent. It sets up pretty quick. You just kind of shuffle the character cards, shuffle the district cards and deal four district cards to every person. And $2 goes to each person and you start the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's that fast. Mm-hmm. Um, the version we got is the newest version of the game. And it comes with an expansion called dark city which added in a whole new set of character cards that you could trade in and out with the character cards in the base game. And it also came with a whole stack of purple cards, which are these sort of district cards that have an additional ability associated with just their type as well. Right. Which was pretty cool. Um, Now, one thing I'll say about this is when I played it with Nicole, just the two of us, my strategy level was way higher and I felt like I had a lot more chance to manipulate the game 
than when I played a four-player game. Because when you play a two-player game, you do play a variant. You play with two characters building one city instead of one character building one city every turn. Mm -hmm. So I was able to kind of do like-minded things or to manipulate, you know, how the game was going to flow a little bit better by not only one, you know, an extra discard, but also by taking complementary characters, I could take two characters that would benefit from my city rather than just one, you know? Right. And I thought, I found that a lot more fun personally than when we played the four-player game, which seemed like chaos where I couldn't dig my way out of it. <laughs> See, I don't feel like that. I, I do feel like the four-player game was a lot more luck-based. <clears throat> Right. A lot more luck based than the two player game. But I also felt like stuff like the assassin and the thief. Mm -hmm. I thought that they were. Those were more strategically used in the four player game than the two player and the two player. It just felt like you're being mean most of the time (laughs) with those just like take that in the four player. It was I mean, it's still a take that, but it's. You know, you really right. have to be strategic. You have to know pretty much who's going to be taking what character in the to get a lot of benefit game, from them. In the four-player game, this is the truth I found out. If you were the third or fourth person to pick a character card, you're going to lose every turn. I you're basically like playing a losing game until you get back into the first or second position. I didn't feel like that at all. <clears throat> I did. Well. Because I, I, I got first place for one turn, and it was taken back away from me, and I was fourth place or third place every single game after you that. You know, on that turn that you were first, guess you should have kept the king. I, I and tried. Built, built yellow. I tried. You didn't. Okay, Otherwise, didn't. you it could have done it. I know. I have faith in you. You could have done it. <laughs> I'm just telling you that, that once I once I got back in, in the last place, I, I never had an opportunity to become king again. And I never got the cards that would give me the money to pay stuff off. And I just, I, I lost soundly. In this game. Yeah. It was like basically once there was no hope, there was no hope. And I just sat there just kind of going through the motions every turn, not really accomplishing anything, (laughs) you know? Yeah. But the game's short, so it didn't really bug me that bad. Yeah. But uh, so, I mean, like I said, I think there's there's a pretty different feel. It does have what I call the smash up effect of more people equals more chaos and your level of chaos that you enjoy Chaos versus strategy can be manipulated by how many players you have play this game. And I think it supports, doesn't it support up to like six? I think so. So, I mean, this, you can add, you can make it just a total whirlwind of chaos if Mm -hmm. you do six people. So. I think it'd be really interesting to play it with three just to kind of see where that balance tips for you. Right. Because four was too much. Mm -hmm. I think three would probably tip it back to where I was like, okay, I still feel like I have some level of strategy here. You know? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's people who have played this game who are like, this guy's a nitwit. (laughs) Obviously, when you have four players, you always pick this card. Probably. So who knows? But what would you give this out of five? I really enjoyed it. Also, because as as I was going to say, I found it was a good lunchtime lunchtime game. Right. Um, I took it to work and Angela and I played. And what rarely happens is that we can learn a game and play a game all in one lunch break. Usually we have to learn one break and then play another one right um this one we were able to do both and get through it and still have a couple minutes left so i i I really enjoy that part of it i think that gives it more longevity and replayability so i'm gonna give it a little bit higher rating i think and i would probably give it a four whoa i really i had a lot of fun i think it's a solid three i think playing it even five times you know i would totally i could play it right now and be fine don't make me play it while we're watching a movie again though that sucked um, if I was going to play, like, if, if this is the thing, is a two-player game, I'd probably pick Smash Up over this. 
Oh. I would. No. I think this game was fun. I think all the strategy exists in those character cards. And I think that I was starting to get to the bottom of kind of, especially as a two-player game, how to manipulate the game and keep control of what was going on by the end of it. Mm. I don't know. I enjoyed it. So I think I think uh, I think it has I think it has okay playability. It's very accessible. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't. It does kind of feel a little chaotic and a little a little like a, I don't know. If you get too many players, you're basically it's going to be really hard to control what's going on in your turn. It's going to make you feel like you're out of control pretty bad. But maybe maybe you'll learn how to to fix that pretty quick. And I just didn't quite understand it. So what about this versus <clears throat> like Love Letter, which is also very similar? Love Letter's so fast it doesn't even matter. <laughs> I'm serious. I, I can. Play. I like that this gives you the extra bit of strategy of building your little district instead of just like, okay, yeah, you're out. This game's way better than Love Letter. See? I think. See? You liked it more than you think. I did like it really well. This is like <laughs> it, It's sort of like Love Letter with a building aspect. You're right. Okay. That's a good way to compare it. I give it a 3 out of 5. It's a very solid game. Totally worth your money at $25. Mm-hmm. Nicole gives it a 4 out of 5. And didn't want to know how much it cost, but thank you for that. But you've I love, been to a you've been to a game store. Before. I try not to look at the games that I get <clears throat> as gifts. Whatever I don't you know. know, I know it's like when I used to get you <clears throat> video games all the time. You always knew. Well, a you always knew exactly which game you were getting. Most games cost sixty bucks. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so wait. Let's talk about our next five for five list. We've already played one of the games one time, and it's because I talked about it. I talked about being interested in it, and that it was on its way. And we got it. Right. And we've already knocked out one game of Millennium Blades. Mm-hmm. And we're not even going to talk about it right now, so. Oh, but I want to. So no, no spoilers. It's better than Citadels. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> so uh, the other next one we've ch- chose is uh, La Havre Inland Port. Mm-hmm. Which is one that we've had, you've had now since. Way too long. Well, it was, it was a year ago. I got it for your birthday in 2015. I think it was longer than that, wasn't it? <clears throat> no, it was your birthday. Oh, I'm 2015. terrible. Uh, Lord of the Rings, The Confrontation. That's like a sort of an abstract Stratego-esque Hobbit kind of Lord of the Rings game. <laughs> we, I don't, I don't uh, see a Hobbit. No, there's one right there. He That's Frodo. awfully tall. That's Frodo. Uh, we're, we picked Pixel Tactics. Which is, I've got the old game library, mini game library from Level 99 Games version of that. Mm-hmm. But they've got six versions of that. that. That should be an interesting one to hear about. It's a two-player game as well. And also another two-player game. These are uh, Did we pick 100% two-player games with the exception of Millennium Blades? We did. Millennium Blades is the only game that supports more than two players. Hmm. Pixel Tactics is two. Lord of the Ring Confrontation is two. La Havre Inland Port is two. And the last one we've talked about uh, last september when we bought it and we played it once we did a what got played on it we think we need to bring it to the forefront again and do like a review of it uh that's tides of time Mm -hmm. which is uh that's pretty good one too (laughs) it was like that playing it the one so i know we'll see how it holds up right it's sat there for six months it's so exciting actually more than that actually like getting to (laughs) revisit some games that we tried and then never played again right i want to play medieval academy again you'll never play that ever again obviously that is it i know it's the only time you're you're like that's that's the end of it but that's our new list of uh five for five games and we have like i said already started playing one of them uh of course we're supposed to play games that (laughs) that we haven't got to the table in so long and Millennium Blades was like one of these rare games where I get it out of the box and immediately open it up and go, we got to play this. I know. <laughs> you know, so, it happens. Right, right. 
if I'm, if I'm that excited, we might as well play it five times. Mm-hmm. All right. So now, Nicole, this week we played a game about raising monsters. But more importantly, we played a game by Vlada Shavadal. And let's find out what about that. All these games have been All right, Nicole. Yes, Fred. Vlada Shavadal. Now, he made Five my... Five times fast, say it quick. Vlada Shavadal. Okay, never mind. Just screw <laughs> that up. All right. Uh, he made my top 10 designer list that I posted on our guild. Oh, yeah. We did that, didn't we? Yeah. Okay. You were mad. You were like, why didn't you save that for the podcast? And I was like, I don't know. I just wanted to do it right then. The one we did online? Yeah. Hey, and if you would like to see that list, go on to Board Game Geek and visit That's our... That's right, because I'm not repeating it here. Guild and... I'm not going to repeat it here to find out who my favorite designers are other than Velada Shavadal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so <clears throat> I just thought I might like to spot, like shine a spotlight on Velada just so to let some of our casual listeners know the importance of designers. Okay. Uh, and you have to kind of think of a designer as like an author of a book or a director of a movie and, and realize that in a board game, designer holds the same weight because this is a guy who writes the story. He, he kind of... He knows he has a certain style of how he presents games and how me- how mechanics kind of work together, and it's if if you if you see some of his titles, you'll you'll notice that that some of them sort of hold the same design aspects or the sort of, same sort of sensibilities. And Vlada is truly on level of like a Stephen King or a Spielberg when it comes to game design. Not that those two have ever designed things, but they're top in their field. You. I like Stephen King and Spielberg both. Hey, me too. But let's look at his record as evidence, <laughs> Nicole. <clears throat> now, Vlada released his first game in 97. It was called Arena, and it was a tactical combat game, and it used a, an unusual card system of bidding certain numbers and guessing instead of uh, dice to do damage to each other. Now, it's only ranked 4,017 out of 12,240 ranked games on BGG. So this is probably one that you can pass on unless you're trying no, to complete. No, not necessarily. That doesn't even... Uh-uh. No. What, what? 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 I don't always go for those numbers. Sometimes they're full of hooey. Do you want Arena? I would play it. You would? Sure. Nicole would like to have this game in case anybody wants to ship it to her because I'm not going to buy it for her. Aw. Is it two-player? <laughs> I don't know. Probably, at least. I'm just saying, you can't always count on those rankings. I'm telling you, I could do what I want. Okay, read the rest of your Anyways, stuff. I hope you Vla- want to do that. I do. Okay. Vlada Shavadal's first big success, though, came nine years later when he designed Through the Ages, A Story of Civilization in 2006. And I never really figured out if this is based on that Sid Meier's Civilization kind of idea, but I think it is. Sure. Because you know what Sid Meier's Civilization, it's a video That's game. That's a video game. Right. Now, this game is sort they of... They made a, a board game out of it, too, though. Right, right. And I, I think this might be in the same vein as that kind of idea. Although there is no map in this game. You're just sort of playing... Uh, you're playing different technology trees and, and, you know, trying to make yourself more scientific so you can discover inventions and stuff. And it's a juggernaut game that plays in about four hours. Ooh, no. Okay? But it emulates sort of the story of, of humanity, you know, and how humans have sort of have come to uh, their modern age, which is when you pl- what you play to. You play through a few different ages. When you reach the end of the modern age, 
the player who has the most culture points wins at the end of this game. At the end of four hours. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, I don't know that I want that one. Uh, but you still do build militaries, you kill leaders, you steal resources, you develop technology. You do all this crazy stuff over the course of this game. And uh, people have sort of talked about it being a knife edge, a balance, until you reach the modern age. Because it's like, you just you know, you're just trying to stay... A little bit better than this other guy so that you can, you know, exploit these certain, you know, abilities. But it's really, I mean, it's supposed to be pretty cool. But, I mean, Through the Agents is ranked seventh of all time on Board Game Geek. And it takes four hours. Right. When would we do that? You and I? Yeah. Well, I'm not buying it. But it's ranked seventh. I know, but it's well outside of my wheelhouse of what I want. (laughs) Like, I, I know personally that once I cross about the three hour mark... I'm starting to look at the clock like I'm ready to be done with this. And which means my end game would fall apart in that game and I wouldn't care. But seventh best game of all time, according to reviews and ratings. Just telling you. Okay. Now, so what is Vlada? This is what's this is what's amazing. Okay. Whenever I took like a, you know, and I actually did take a class on, on criticism of media and stuff like that. And whenever you take a critiquing class, you kind of learn that what's important is that what do they give to the genre? What do they do for the genre is more important than a lot of other aspects of it. Like, you know, just another horror movie isn't as important, like, for instance, as a new unique take on a horror film, you know? <clears throat> okay. So doing doing what everybody else has done, just like they did, maybe a little bit better, isn't good enough to really be, you know, be worthy of critical critical praise, you know? So what does Vlada follow it up with? This this really successful game. You would expect that he would do a sequel, right? Well, he didn't. You would expect 10 games that were really similar, right? You know? Mm-hmm. Friday the 13th, part 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, right? No. He doesn't do that. He follows it up with his 2007 release, release ranked 102 out of 12,000 on board Game Geek. Galaxy Trucker. I like that one. <laughs> right. That's Galaxy fun. Trucker is completely different than what I just described. In this one, you have a bunch of face-down tiles in the middle of the board, and you do a timed segment where you pull pieces out, and have it, you know, there's rules about how the pieces can connect each to each other, and you fill in a spaceship outline, like a gridded spaceship outline, on this little map, like little play mat that you have, and build a ship. And you run out, you can, it's possible you can run out of time and not have a completed ship. And then you proceed to go through, like, go delivering goods across the galaxy and collecting more goods and trying to be the first person to land into the spaceport with your goods to get bonus points. And there's all sorts of calamity that befalls your ship as you're, you're doing this, this little traveling deal. Mm-hmm. Drastically different game. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Not four hours. No. About two. Yeah. And completely different theme. And, it's, and still, I think, I think it's absolutely implemented great. It, it it's a lot of fun you have to be able to deal with the fact that there's going to be bad things that happen that were unforeseen you know to your spaceship and sometimes you're prepared for it sometimes you're not mm-hmm. but ultimately it, it's still a very stable game and works really well like i said 102 on, on bgg doesn't mean it's a bad game right <clears throat> so he continued uh with the time games on his next big release which was called space alert in 2008 and this is a game that i feel like you and i should get sometime uh, ranked 99th, it's a cooperative game this time with a CD soundtrack that has several of these 10-minute cuts in it, on it to, to, to vary the difficulty of the game. <clears throat> now, on these CD cuts, 
they have a, a computer voice that will inform you of certain disasters and stuff that happen to this spaceship because you're all running a spaceship and trying to stop these these disastrous things from happening. So think think uh, instead of building a ship like in Galaxy Trucker, now you're inside the ship and trying just to survive. Okay. And all you're doing is trying to survive for 10 minutes in which you jump into hyperspace and go back. And that's the entire game. That sounds fun. It, it is. It's supposed to be pretty fun. The game lasts about 30 minutes because you have a little bit of pre-soundtrack and post-soundtrack work to find out how well you did and, and to kind of prepare for what's going to happen. But pretty much anything that can happen to a science fiction spaceship happens in this game. So still fairly different again. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now let me go give... from four hours to 30 minutes. It's just, I'm telling you, he's that kind of guy. Okay. And and nobody like nobody else. I mean, the only closest thing I could think of to this would be uh, that gnome game, Red October or whatever it is. Red oh, November. Right. Red November. Yeah. Right. That's about the closest game the I could find that, that is similar to this. That, that old fantasy flight game. Okay. <clears throat> so, it, but basically, his version is a pretty unique take. Nobody else has one with a CD soundtrack that does this. And and Which I you always know. like that. Right. It's it's super fun. It gets like thematic kind of feeling in the air and everything like that. Now, let me give you some other highlights just to get you a sense of Vlada's success. In 2009, he released Dungeon Lords, where you're an evil dungeon lord who builds dungeons and destroys heroes that come into it. Ranked Board Game Geek 128. Mm-hmm. That game is ridiculously unique. Still haven't played it. Right. In 2011, he released Mage Knight, the board game, a reimagining of uh, the collectible miniature game, which was just a skirmish combat game, and uh, is sort of a mechanical gamer's uh, dungeon crawl game because there's there's very little luck in it, and, and you do a card dra- like card like sort of a deck building mechanic that you use to buy resources to go into your deck and use those decks like of cards to combat monsters that are on the field that you wander you know as you're trying to get across the landscape to get to some ultimate goal, and it's considered one of the best solo games of all time, and I think it is considered the best. And I don't play games <clears throat> by myself. But right. Every time you describe that game, I always think that really does sound fun, and then we never play it. Oh, it's dense, is why. It's really dense. I think I, I... Ranked Board Game Geek number 10. Yeah, well, we <clears throat> okay. it. We should play it. And two, I probably should. 2014, Velada released an update, finally did something to repeat himself. He released an update that revamped the military in the uh, Civilization game, the age... The, uh, blah, 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 age, through the Ages. Through the Ages. He did an update of that called A New uh, Story of Civilization, and... He's, it's shortened the game slightly as well at the same time okay. to where now it's like between three and four hours. Okay. And that resulted in a game ranked on Board Game Geek number four of all time. Do, do either of those have anything to do with the Roll Through the Ages that we played? Yes. Roll Through the Ages is a spinoff of Through the Ages. But we didn't like it. But this is a this is the big board game. That was like a, a dice version of the board game. Hmm. So okay. it's better than that. I would guess so. Okay. Okay. Uh, now, in 2015, he released another game that felt very unique amongst all these other ones. He released Code Names. That's bizarre. Right. A grid of words on a table, a secret map that's looked at only by two lead spies, and they're trying to coach the rest of their teams, like they're, they're, everybody else playing the game split into two teams, and they are coached via clue words to try to find certain card locations in this grid. If you pick the wrong one, you lose. If you pick the all the right ones and find all your spies before the other people do, then you win. And that's that's another game he's released. That one is ranked 
Board Game Geek number 17 of all time. Yeah, it's a good game. I like that one. Right. Now, Vlada is is an amazing designer, as you can see. I mean, that's there's it's undoubtable that he just is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm happy that tonight, or today, I guess, we are playing, we played a uh, spiritual sequel to Dungeon Lords, sharing the same setting and also a worker placement mechanic Dungeon Pets has you raising monsters to sell to Dungeon Overlords. Released in 2011, it is ranked Board Game Geek 101. Let's get to it. The following is a true recount of a board gaming session. It is not merely a conversation. It contains the actual sounds of components, success and failure, and in-the-moment emotions from the incident itself. The archivists of this audio would like to remind the faint of heart that the people involved are not rules experts, did not design the game, and do not always play nice. No one was murdered in the playing of this game. All right, so this is what's known as a worker placement game. Every turn, players will take turns placing their pieces onto spaces that generate actions, such as gaining a new pet, a new cage for a pet, food for your pets, magic items to help you manage pets and take care of them, extra workers that help you get more stuff or take care of your pets, and uh, also bribing judges for shows. I mean, you get to you get to get your workers out of hospital. You have a ton of options basically mm-hmm. every turn when you start. Now, you have five rounds in the game to raise, show off, and sell your pets. Now, doing this gains you points, and the player with the most points will win. So, let's let's just talk about a turn. Each turn, you bid several times secretly on, on several different spaces, and these are going to represent the resources you use to take an action on that turn. <clears throat> Each space will represent one turn of yours. The player with the most number of workers... And if they if they wish, they could spend money to sort of raise their worker number as well. We'll go first, continuing to the next highest bid and on down until you get through everyone's to the, all the way down to everyone's lowest bids. Okay, so this means that every turn you could be first. There is a first player marker, but that has nothing to do with who actually goes first on the turn. After you that, you take care of your pets, and then an exhibition occurs where you enter your best suited pet for the ju- to be judged and points are awarded. Last, each turn, is a, the potential buyer will arrive and purchase pets that meet their desires. Selling also gets you points based on how much you, or how well you match the customer's tastes and, and money based on how large your pet is. Now, that's right, your cute baby that you picked up from the market will grow until you can barely keep them in their cage. That is done uh, then, or this is done at, at the end of each turn by turning the wheel at the bottom of the pet to the next level. Now, there's a lot more of us to get into, like the death of a pet, injured imps, and of course, poop. So, <laughs> I, I, you heard me right. Poop. So, I'm just going to say. <laughs> That cleaning up after your pet is and, and raising and after raising this in this game is a really important thing to do. So let's just get to the actual <laughs> let's get to the actual gameplay. Oh Nicole, I'm sorry. Mm. <laughs> so now let me just tell you, <clears throat> this is a tabcast brought to you by listener Glenn. Because mm-hmm. he recommended this game to me of one year ago in May. <laughs> and said you should get this game. I think it would really suit your podcast. It and we has, got it. 
he, he said that they would probably make some really good poop jokes that he thought would be funny. <laughs> I'm glad somebody gets their sense of humor. Right. Now, Matt and Brianna joined us for this game, and I have taught the game at the start of this. And let's just uh, let's just see how the bids go down, okay? I'm ready. Who else is not ready? So if you put... So you said that the gold acts as another... Right, but it can't act on its own. Right. It doesn't have legs. It doesn't have legs. So then... Okay. Okay. Right. Everybody's in? Yeah. Okay. We just put your little shield down. You're done. Oh. <coughs> oh. oh okay, so I'm in for four on the front. So am I. Okay, so Nicole, you go first because you were the first in line after Brianna. What did she I only She has three. three. And Matt has two? Matt two. has a four. Nope, two. Your yes. second one. What does that have on it? No, what's your second one have? This one has four. Okay, so you have four as well. So you go third. It's going to go Nicole, me, then you. Wait, Wait I thought that what? it was only the yeah. first. No, the those real... spaces have... You're supposed to do your highest bid in your first space. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, you're still, you're, you have a bid of four. Everybody who has a bid, we're going to go in order okay, bids. Okay, I, w- I didn't catch that either. Yeah, I thought okay. it just went like everybody's this do we, one. Do we want to redo bids? No. <laughs> okay, no, so is, any, is there any bids of five? No. Mm. Bids of four. Three of us have bids of four. They go in order from first player. Nicole starts. That's <coughs> oh, our neighbor immediately back in the back. Of course, I don't know why you would want to have more of yours on the second. I guess I you, know what I was so doing. you could... I had a thought process. You still have to have a first turn. I understand that. You, that he wanted to go last on the first turn and first on the second turn. Yeah. He's going to go last on the first turn. No, she is. I no, will have is. to go last. <clears throat> There's no tur- the mean. turns are in order of bids. That's the only way turn order is established is with bids. It's weird. That's just how it works. Makes sense. I thought that each turn order would be different I, yeah. like, on who went first. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. I thought the first one we would take care of mm. the first spot. Nope, we're going to go bids high to low. That's what I said. We're going to go high to low. Per okay. spot, though. No, I, I didn't mean per spot. Well, I don't understand what. The why... spots are how many action spaces you get to use. That's all. So. You still want your first bid, your first spot, the biggest spot, to be your um, biggest bid. And you go high to low. That's why the last okay. spots well, only have a space like for a couple no spaces. There was no point in me putting gold in these spots at all. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, basically. Uh, well, it, it means you have you have three twos and one three. That's that's fine. That's a fine way to do that. Because I have a couple with ones that you're going to go before. Right. And I've got a couple with ones that you're going to go before. So we right. do go based on each spot then. No. Well, each well, spot is of, one spot that you can play on the board. He just did it weird by putting them in the wrong order. Right. But you still should go high to low because that's how we're going to determine who goes first. Okay. We're going to go from high to low. So fours, Nicole goes first because she's the first person after the first <laughs> player to have a four. Who thought we'd have a breakdown in the very first? I can't believe it. That's right. Turn one, breakdown. <laughs> Before turn one even started. <laughs> right. Honestly, so, we probably should have started over at that point. I asked if we should start over, and, and they were like, no. I know, and then five minutes later, we're finally actually playing. Probably should have done it. Right. Well, here's the deal. 
these bids, let me just describe this, are done. You have a little a little play mat that you have a little shield that you cover up your spaces. And you've got like six of these little spaces or seven they of them. They look like little doors. <clears throat> right. They're little doors that, that look like they're leading out of your little dungeon on this mat that lays mm-hmm. flat on the on the table. And whenever you start your bids, you're going to put, and you just do them from highest to lowest because all you're going to do is count how many workers or workers and money are in each space to determine who gets to go first. Right. So going from the start player, like if three of you have five workers in one spot, then starting with the first player, they get to go first, then the next person counter or clockwise or whatever. And then you go, once they've all gone, then you go to who has four little imps. Right. And who has three. Right. Just keeps going like that. But that's not how any of us took it. Well, I did say, I, I remember listening to my, my rules saying that, the most guys go in the most spaces. Just put your biggest bid on the on the left, and then work your way down from there. And no one did that. No, because at some point you said something where it made us believe. Because all three right. of us I said, said the each, same thing. Each one of each one of those spaces would represent the resources you're going to use on a turn. Right. But so we thought the first little door right. is going to be the first turn. Which I never so whoever said. has the most on the fir- would go out <laughs> first on the first turn. But I the never next said door that. would be the second turn, and whoever right. had the most on the second door would be the first one to go I, out. I get I get where you guys messed up. I'm just saying <laughs> that you filled in the blanks, and I never said any of that. You said something that let us to believe that because we all three believed it i don't know why it was three against one you lose that that is fine that is fine but either way i offered to go ahead and let everybody reset but nobody wanted to at that point well we we, it's already been like an hour well what's funny is that that at that point i explained how it worked to matt and he was still mad about it not working the way he wanted it to that he didn't even want to redo it because he was like it because we were because t- it just kept saying <laughs> how stupid it was it's just stupid <laughs> right right because he wanted this certain way for it to work where because he had a plan right because on first turn he would not win the bid on the second turn he would bid enough to win the bid on the second turn he thought it was going to go like that like i was going to go turn one who's got the highest bid turn two who's got the highest bid but it doesn't work like that yeah well there <clears> you go right so <laughs> that's how bids work and you don't have to necessarily use all your little workers which are these little imp miniatures and they're they're pretty funny looking these yeah. little big smiley little goblin guys and uh you, you can, can leave gold. some of them well you can also leave some of them back in the uh burrow or in your little little pet raising area to do stuff like supplement cards that are missing when you try to take care of your pets and we'll talk about that in a little bit but let's get past the bids and let's listen to us take some actions okay okay and then I can pick, pick which one i want yes get a monster I have a monster. What is he? What's his name? You get to name him. No, he has. It has like. Then his name's Bob. And I have to. He has to go in my pen. Yeah, no, he goes in your pen on the next phase. <clears throat> okay, so I just have him. He's just roaming free. You, he's he's on his way back from the market. That's the stego bully. Okay, I got the stego bully. <laughs> okay. Okay, so he's riding in a cart. Why right. Did you put the name on that? Yeah. So I get the next. I spend two dollars. I think I just goofed that up. And I get to do. What do we got here? We got a guy who needs a lot of green, which eats a lot. Ew. And we got. Oh man, this is tough. We got a guy who does a lot of everything. He's already grown up. And a caterpillar who eats and plays a lot. He has 
So I'll, I'm going to do the other animal, the juvenile, and I'll take this little caterpillar guy. Okay. And he's, I, I'm sure he's called the caterpillar. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's take a look. He is the, no, he's a snake kitty. No. <laughs> there you are. Snake kitty. Snake That's kitty. Funny. All right. So I'm just going to say all the monsters in this game are really well illustrated. Mm-hmm. They're they're all like monstrous and cute at the same time. Yeah, <clears throat> and uh, which is hard to do, right? And each turn, the leftover monsters are moved from the bottom pin up into the upper pin, and new monsters that are like the ones that are left over move up, and uh, new monsters come in. <clears throat> now, three three monsters come in every turn, and only two people can buy monsters, so one monster is going to be left over and go up into the upper pasture, which. Uh, the upper pasture it like they grow only one level in there and uh with the upper pin ever fills up with monsters they are removed uh now there is a catch that not there's not enough uh spaces for everyone to have a new monster each turn because there's four of us and there's only three spaces to buy monsters every turn so someone doesn't actually get a new monster every turn Mm -hmm. in fact uh Two can have a new monster, one can have an old monster, and that's it. So Nicole and I took both the new monsters, okay? So let's listen to Matt's turn. Matt. So I, had to, I had to use my four. Yes, you're using your four. Which is exactly why this is dumb. Because <laughs> why I is this dumb? Because I only need money to buy monsters. You can still buy the top monster. I understand that, but I don't want the top monster. Yeah, but on the second. Because I wasn't planning on using money. But now I have to. You have to use money to buy a pet no matter what. I know, but I wasn't planning on buying a pet at but all. But these guys aren't going away. Oh, he's saying he's saying he's afraid that if he goes to Brianna that she's going to take the last monster and he won't have a chance of getting a monster. Because originally I had this. Because I was just going to use two guys. That's how I originally planned it. To get a cage. What yes. were you going to do with the gold anyway, though? I, I was going to use this over here... In case there was still a monster left. Because I didn't know how it was going to shake out. But these don't go away yet. I know, but I don't need gold for anything but monsters. So now... Do you understand what I'm Watch, watch, No, I don't at all. I'm I'm buying a cage. (laughs) Okay. Okay. For two guys is all I really needed. Originally is what I put here. Well, buy a monster instead. But because I don't want a monster right now. Okay, that's but your now choice. I have to use this gold and burn it and take a cage. You don't have Should to. You don't have to right take now. a cage. Why would I not have to take a cage? Because you have because one already you, with poop in it. Yeah. It has poop in it. So? I need to get the poop out. It's only one poop. I need to get the poop out. All right, you did not buy a monster this turn. I don't okay. think that knows what's going on. Because I'm pretty sure that Brianna's going to buy. That well, yeah, of course monster. she's going to, because that's why you. But I knew somebody wasn't going to buy a monster, so I already had my plan in place to not These buy. These are a the monster. woes of a worker placement game. I had already decided I wasn't <laughs> but the going next, to get one. When you go to these guys, you're still not going to be able to get the monster. I know. So what's it matter? Because it was originally for so that I could go first next time. That's why. But you still can't have the monster. Exactly. But I can go first and get what I want that's left. Is what I originally planned to do. I don't know. But I can't do that. (laughs) It, it It seems to me like it's the same thing, but... 
it's not the same thing. All right, well, You're we're continuing on. I think he's playing a different game. Is he playing a different game? I think I so. Don't know. Three, super cute. the bit of three. All right, so remember <laughs> when I said we should redo bids? I bet the answer was yes. yes. <laughs> okay. The problem is, like I said, that Matt... Matt thought he understood how bids work, came up with a strategy for rules that were in his brain only, not in the game. Right. So now he has to play by the real rules, and he doesn't like them at all because uh, they're not as good as the ones he thought he thought up on his own. Except that's <clears throat> not the game. Right. Now, it's probably my fault because, as you brought up before, everyone misunderstood them except for me. So my apologies, Matt. I'm sorry that I upset you at the start of this game. <laughs> but I still don't see how it got to be as crazy as all that right so anyway. i don't know what happened i didn't have any problem with it so matt decides to bribe the judges and it gives himself two extra points in the next exhibition and nicole buys some food brianna brings us to this point brianna's got another question again as far as the cards go Oh, yeah, I never even looked. I'm sorry. I just want to point out that, that on the recording, for the recorded audience, if we yeah. decide to, that we had not only like a 30-minute training session, but probably a good 10-minute question and answer session yeah. to go with yeah, that. Yeah, then you well, get into it. questions as you go forever. This is why I was saying we should have like a first round just be a sample, and then we should reset the board and actually play. We're already in. We're knee-deep. <laughs> so... These cards have, like, multiple symbols on them, some of them. Right. You get to so, choose which one you want to play when the monster's dealing with those cards. Okay. You'll get three more cards of the colors right. that you're supposed to deal okay. with. When do we okay. get the cards? <clears throat> I went over the phases with you already. You get them. Don't worry. Okay. How do we know we get three of them? <laughs> she gets three get, because get, she has three. Yeah. You get two because you only monster. have two cards showing. So I just get two red cards? Right. Okay. 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 Continuing Brianna's next action. Space. Um, I need to decide if I'm actually. Um. See, it's trouble. Already, it's trouble. Matt's angry. Nicole's frustrated. Brianna's confused. <laughs> Red's grouchy. How oh, grouchy. <laughs> Yeah, I don't sound grouchy. I'm stunned. You were. I'm stunned because this. I'm not kidding. We did. We did 40 minutes of of teaching and questioning, mm -hmm. and we are 20 minutes into the game, and the questions are just coming at me one after another after another. Yeah. Like it's a ton of questions. They're not slowing down, and I'm just at this point. I'm just stunned, and I'm just sort of laughing at how ridiculous it is. Uh, now we have powered through the first couple of rounds at the next point at the point of the next clip. Uh, and to get this to sort of smooth out. And Brianna takes the magic items, and we finish the second phase. And here is this next clip. I don't know exactly how to announce it. <laughs> That's the end of phase two. Phase three, we place our animals in the spaces we want them to be in. I'll place this guy right Mine just has to go there with the poop. <clears throat> okay. He's in there with someone else's poop. The leftover poop from the last pet. <laughs> Delightful. <laughs> Awful. Uh, now we draw cards to deal with it. So everybody draws the cards that they need, and we don't have to be too structured about it, but I just need... Oh God, mine just, like, moved. <clears throat> there. So I have to pick two red cards. Right. And I get a I can't green reach. and yellow. All right, so after this, you're going to be playing... Two of those cards, like you have to play two red cards right next to your little bull guy and deal with them. 
Okay, so the buyer guy that's coming up later, he won't buy one that's been played with or that's sad, or you just get less money you get for one point less for every one of those symbols that match that you have on there. Huh. So every poop will be minus one. Every sad cube will be minus one. Every mutation will be minus one. Okay, so then you just do a little stack next to your guy. Like, I'm done with my stack. And you have to play two of them? Yes, you have to play as many cards as they say they, they deal with every turn. I'm very confused. Okay, except his cage says... I still don't understand this play card play part. You have to put down two red cards. You have to put down two red cards. Even though it's got a red. It doesn't matter. You have to put That's down different. two red cards no matter what. And they have to be red. Every single time. Yes. 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 Because your monster dictates what color you play. These are, I don't want to play those. You have though. to. But you have to. That's well, the game. You have oh. to do it. The good thing is you don't have to play three red cards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So... We're done playing our cards. We get to work out what happens, okay? <clears throat> so uh, in my case, I deal with a poop by putting a poop in his cage. Uh, he also plays, which he's the cage takes care of that automatically. So my snake a puss or whatever, <laughs> snake a puss, snake kitty, <clears throat> is fine for this turn. It pooped, and I haven't even fed it yet. Why did you go first? It doesn't show. matter. It doesn't matter. I'm just trying to so, show you guys how to do so this. this is mine not that has a magic that is dealt with. Right. And it has anger that right. is dealt with. Correct. And so then I just, do I feed it right now? Right. You just discard that food over to here oh. and we'll put it back in the pool and okay. you're, you're, you're uh, what did you get? Snapdragon or something? I can't remember. <laughs> he's like got a bony mouth. He's, he's Lifford. L-I-F-F. F-A-R-D. Lefard. Lefard. He's French. <laughs> you have to you have to fend moft of your life with foam thing taffy tafty tuffled in your mouth to fully under understand why Lifford looks so happy all the time. <laughs> this is what it says. I had to go really slow with that. Yeah. that wow. Was, that was gibberish, to say the least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. He's, he's got a lisp, I guess is yes. what the deal is. Yeah. Well, I mean, anyone would with a bone sticking out of their mouth. Right. All right. Okay. So that takes care <clears throat> of the play, and then I've got a food to take care of the food? What takes care of the play? Nothing. Nothing takes care of the No. That's, that's for aggression. That's oh, for the shoot. bite marks. You have I... to put your imp over there to take care of the play. God, but I need to take care of the poop. Nope. You can't care take of care of the poop because the poop's in a cage with an animal. Oh. This is stupid. I have to go outside. So you put this thing. right here. Brianna's got all this. I'm sorry. Well, maybe Brianna should be playing my guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there your play would be taken care of. You discard one of your food because you're feeding him. Okay. Back to the pool, and you're done. You're... you're uh, You're okay. <laughs> <laughs> she smack talking me. No, they're you like, no, I said I love you. Uh huh. I don't believe it. Happens all the time. It's they're doing this sassy thing over there. All right. So your little guy's taken care of. Now we're through phase three. So phase four. There's no. Uh, there's no actual exhibition this turn. So we don't have to even worry about that. Well, what about the cards? The check cards. That's you just check this card to to see how you did in the exhibition. Check. Oh. That's all it is. Well, we don't do that. There's no sale this turn because there's no customers this turn. 
Okay. <clears throat> so we don't need to add up our points on that. Now, leftover imps in your hovel can now clean up poop or generate gold. Mm. Right. So during this round, or this round of each turn, you need to meet the needs of your pets. Now, the needs are tracked with the growth wheel of the pet. And every time you turn that wheel up, it becomes more valuable to sell later on, but it also becomes harder to take care of because its needs grow. So, uh... <clears throat> It, it's it, there's, there's like basically a series of little colored squares on it, and you have to play that many cards every turn of whatever colored square is in the, on these little tracks to take care of that pet every turn. That's that's its needs, and mm-hmm. those are based in these card colors. And these card colors are separated into different. They're not necessarily what is represented by the color itself, but they could be something like could be you know the symbol of another card color. Like for instance. Uh, green, I think, was the eating mm-hmm. card, but that's not necessarily the card you're going to have in your it's hand. It's most likely that if you have a green card, <clears throat> right. it's going to satisfy food. The majority of the greens are food, but sometimes they'll have a bite face on them, and you have to, that's actually an aggression, like, or an anger, you know, allowance, or you have to have, like, a cage or something to restrain it because it gets ferocious or whatever. Right. Uh, so that's what's going on this turn. Uh, the, yeah, they have aggression is red, eating is green, purple is magic, and playfulness is yellow in this game. Uh, the majority, you know... That's they, why I kept getting confused, though. Right. Because it's not the color you're looking at, it's, it's the color is the card you have to play, right. but the effect is on the other side of the card right. and may or may not be associated with the color at all it's very confusing yeah so i mean you could have like even though the majority of yellow have a little yarn on them that equals a play action you could have you could have at all you could have a yarn showing up in the green deck as well and so you're you're getting two of each of these cards at the start of the game and you're playing these cards down to take care of your pets every round uh the majority though is is in each type is represented by you know whatever i just said they were which Mm -hmm. is uh aggression eating magic and yellow and play in yellow (laughs) in yellow there's not a majority yellow uh so failure to meet these needs can lead to your pet escaping like if you have too much aggression and you don't have enough ways to control it like you can uh you have to have cage symbols and those are like you know your cage will usually come with one like physical defense and this represents basically physical, you know, trying to get out. And sometimes they'll give you an additional one. Sometimes you can throw imps in there to add additional defense, but they end up in the hospital. I mean, there's a lot lot of little nuances to this. Yeah, there's uh, a whole lot going on with that. Right. Uh, and sometimes you can, like, uh, for instance, if you get a disease card, like or a disease symbol, you uh, could potentially have your guy die. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it is, it is important that your card play during this is very calculated because you have to make sure the right card happens in the right pin and it just basically follow a formula so you don't lose your pet either by escaping or dying. So <clears throat> you meet all those with resources be either via cage or via food that you have purchased, you know, or, or collected in the, in the turn before. And then when you come out the other side, you get to show them. Uh, but see, we found out that Matt really hated phase two. And Nicole, you hate phase three. <laughs> sure. But we've got through it well enough. And in every round after the first, though, uh, we have had, or every turn after the first one, we're going to have exhibitions and customers. Because in this game, you start the first turn off, you don't have any customers to sell to or any uh, shows to do. Because you're supposed to be able to see those coming up and build your pets to sort of meet those requirements or at least have a chance to think strategically about future events. 
and they get revealed a couple turns in advance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're not all revealed at the start. At the start. <clears throat> so we are through turn one at the end of this, and I reset the board. All of our pets grow one or a couple steps older if they're if they're brand new. One step if they're not. And uh, the bidding goes without an incident, and we do some actions without problems, big getting, get bringing us to, like, phase three of turn two at this point. Okay, and where do you discover how many poops will make them sick? Where does um, that happen? It's up in the formulas up top. Uh, you do sickness plus poop is greater than two. two, then you give them sadness tokens. So if I don't play a sickness card, I can have, like, 12 poop in the cage? Right. I think that's true. Please don't let your animal suffer with 12 poop in the cage. Yeah, I think that the the poop in the cage is... It's crappy. It's worth one in the... (laughs) I don't think they can ever die from manure in the cage, but they die when they get sick. Dad, from the newer poisoning. I know he ate his own poop. Oh, yeah, it, that's it. Just becomes it just becomes risky because if you have to deal with a sickness card, <laughs> risky business. If you deal with a sickness card, did. if you're forced to deal with a sickness card and there's poop in their cage, like more than two poop, then you have a potentially dead animal. Okay. All right, so let's get to the poop of this game. Okay, we are children, aren't we? <laughs> let's get down to the poop. <laughs> So your pets are kept in cages, and when you play a poop card as one of your cards that meets a color requirement of of taking care of your pet, a poop cube is added to the cage. Now this is a bit. This is where it gets a bit complex, because when you play a disease card on on that same cage with the poop in it, you add the number of poop to the number of disease cards you played this turn, and if the number combined is two or less, nothing happens. However, merely exceeding the two results in a suffering token added to your pet as it has become ill. It doesn't stop there. It also results in an additional suffering token for each point you exceeded it exceeded to by. So in other words, right when you exceed it by one, two suffering cubes come out. One for exceeding it and one for being one above it. Mm-hmm. Now, if your suffering tokens are greater than the size of the monster, it will die. So is that confusing? Yes. Okay, good. It is confusing. (laughs) But that's how poop works in this game. (laughs) Oh, and you also can't clean out cages unless they're empty. So you can't just kind of stroll into a cage with this big brutish animal and casually clean up poop. good pets. No. We can clean up Pep's poop in the yard with her in the yard. She still gets pretty wild. But she's a good pet. She gets pretty wild. No, I'm just kidding. She doesn't. She doesn't care. She's like, oh, good. You cleaned my poop. Thank you. I'm no longer sad. (laughs) Right. She also has a distinct line in our yard. This is how much poop matters to to animals. If I I play fetch with her in the backyard, and there's a halfway line that's totally invisible, but it is marked by poop. And if I throw the ball past that line, she will stop and turn right around and leave the ball like, and will nope, not go after not it. Not doing it. She's like, it's contaminated. I don't want it. No way. <laughs> She's such a weird dog. So we're getting ready for the first exhibition at the end of round two or turn two. And Nicole is figuring this out. Let's hear that. Okay, so <laughs> why are you laughing at? Nothing. <coughs> I bet there's questions on round five. So the, the, well, we haven't gotten to the sales yet, have we? I know. I know. So the salesman. Right. 
he's going to give. When does he come into an, into effect? Round round three, phase five. Um, so, so am I, I allowed to put him? In, I'm sorry, in here to play now, or is it too late for that? You'll be doing that on this turn when we deal with stuff. Okay, sure. we, sorry. Yeah, we haven't gotten to that point yet, have we? No, I haven't even put my cards down because I'm answering your question. What do you got? Well, because I'm curious, because I'm I'm thinking about this seller guy, buyer guy, customer. That's what he's called. Um, so. Whatever we do this round is still not going to have any effect because these cards are going to be picked up and then it's whatever we play next round. Right. So Got you it. could be having some forethought about what's going to happen next turn. Like, for instance, in next round's exhibition, playfulness gets double the points. So it might be good to hold back a couple of your play cards that you might use. You know? See how that works? Mm. This is the forethought where I was talking about. <clears throat> all right so exhibitions count one or all of your pets that's the only variant they have either one or all and they are going to look at the need cards you played that turn and there's they, these cards will figure into the symbols on these cards and the numbers of them will figure into a formula that's dictated by this randomized show chip and it might say that like the chip's revealed a couple turns out, like I said, so you'll know what's coming up. And basically it tells you what cards or conditions gain you points and which ones lose you points. The points are tracked against each other and points are then awarded from highest to lowest for first to last. Because there's a little track at the bottom. When I said Matt bribed the judges, you could, he already gave himself two points by wasting a worker just to go to that space and, and say, you know, hey judge, vote for my pet, you know. Mm-hmm. And so he gets a couple points right off the bat without having to even consider his animal. So the first exhibition, Brianna wins. Nicole, second place. Matt, third, and me last. And this is the start of round three. And we have a customer, but controversy occurs. Okay? It's me, I have a three. And then I have a three. Right, and I'm trying to decide... I'm trying to decide what happens if I take the cage space and you don't have a cage space to put in. Oh, I think you would have that to. That would be super mean. I think you'd have to get rid of one of your monsters in order to oh, put the seriously? other monster in. <clears throat> Let's double check while Nicole's gone, That's so we won't tell her what's, mean. what the secret. That would be super mean, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> I'm considering it, but it seems like it might be too mean. <laughs> uh, whenever you go to phase, is it phase three? Arranging cages and pets. Uh, you will not be able to move your cages or add-ons to a different plot later. They can be discarded and replaced as described later. Now pets must be put in a cage. Pets do not have to stay in a cage. Uh, at the end of this step, step, each pet must have its own cage. If it's not possible, uh, you remove them from the game. So I could do that to you right now. I could kick one of your pets out of the game. That would be like one of those, Brianna's in the lead, and I really need to slow her down. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's mean, right? Yeah. But I'm losing. So the best way to take back place is to take out the... Don't don't be a dingleberry, Fred. <laughs> well, if I was attacking Matt, that would be a dingleberry <laughs> move. But I'm attacking the first player. The person in, in lead. But we all know that I get in the lead, and then for some reason... You Let's guys let Nicole are just side, like since she just got back. Nicole, at the end. 
I, I'm next up in the queue, and I could yeah. take another cage, and Brianna doesn't have a cage to put her pet. She just got in the cage, so she would lose a pet at the end of this turn. Does that seem like a good idea? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Nicole says <laughs> So I do that, and I take this one with the plate. Uh, it's a competition. <clears throat> I take ridiculous. that one and put that cage down there, okay? Was, were you trying to talk him out of it? I told him not to be a dingleberry. I said, I, and I, I told her I'd only be a dingleberry if I was doing that to Matt, because he's the one immediately in front of me. That stinks. If I'm attacking the first player, the player in first place, that's not being a dingleberry. <laughs> All right, so that's what I do. And it's your turn. You have three. No. <laughs> well, Day if it makes you feel better, I really want another cage myself. But. Okay. Um, I well. side with him. Take her out. Um. All right, so that was a fair play. Mm-hmm. But I took the last cage. Basically, she had just taken an animal. I took the last cage, and she has nowhere to put that animal, so it's going to run away at the end of the turn. That's right. <clears throat> which is fine with me. It was, But it was very direct, and it kind of showed another level of strategy that comes out in this game, where you can actually be directly mean to other people here and there. I didn't need the other cage. I did not put a pet in it. I just bought a cage just to keep her from <laughs> continuing her lead, mm-hmm. which she has pretty pretty deftly moved into. <clears throat> so, Didn't they say something about if you lose a pet, then you immediately add food to the... No, no, that was uh, if if the top pasture of old ones fill up, then oh. they uh, they're all taken to a farm where they live happily ever after, and extra food comes into the market at the, at the beginning of next That's turn. That's right. There you go. <clears throat> now, uh, so an hour has passed, and it finally starts to feel like we're actually playing the game and not really learning the game. So let's let's hear how this sounds now. Cole, you have two, but Matt has two mm. before you. So Matt, your turn. Aww. You Matt wants his relatives. I need mine. Well, that's too bad. You Matt stole it. No. All right, so Nicole. See, my one She's the only dude. one that hasn't gotten it yet. Nicole, you're two phase. I'm not two phase. <laughs> you are so two <laughs> phase. Go! That was my space. I know. What do these guys do again? <laughs> They're freaking oh. awesome. So you have to pick a card right now, green or yellow, well, to add I to your hand. Pick... Oh, man, there's a whole lot of poop involved with green. You got a lot of yellow coming up on that little spider dude you bought. I know. I'll go for yellow. Ah, tucked her into it. I'm going to go for green, Suck man. Oh. <laughs> God dang it. But I've got two different greens. Oh, I know. Probably You're freaking me those. out. Probably That's need to handle those, but those yellows, too. I mean, there's a lot of them coming <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to turn into a mutant. Okay, I'm going to take a green. All right. Going for green. All right, and that is the end of the two-face round. <laughs> you do that to me often. What, freak you out? Yes, you'll be like, oh, I would do this. Well, you don't want to do that. And it's like, oh, God, do I really want to do that? Or <laughs> is he just making stuff up? It's hard to tell. Some Sometimes, if, especially if I'm losing... I'm most likely not giving you the good advice unless I'm trying to end the game faster. <laughs> You're obnoxious. I am not. I'm amazing. <laughs> the, uh, but this is a worker placement game, and there's limited space, and there is tension to that. You yes. can hear when you took that space, My next, I was next in line, and my move was going to be that space. Right. 
and that would give me an extra That's why card. I, took it. I didn't even know what it did 100%. And I was like, I know Fred wants that. I know. See? So you were playing mean, too. That's right. <laughs> so uh, everybody sells their their uh, monster this turn. And Brianna still comes out on top. Uh, and we do another exhibit. And I stay in last, but we get a colorful new customer. So now we're revealing Ridiculous. these both these guys, actually, get revealed. <clears throat> because we get to know that on the last turn, the guy wants sad. He wants sick, eating like eating animals, and the other guy wants, I guess, poop of any color. It's worth <laughs> it's worth three. What's well, a poop of any color? <laughs> Maybe it's every time you have a poop of each color, like all three or something. I don't know. Wait, a poop of any color? What does that mean? <clears throat> well, he's got a rainbow poop. <laughs> That's really weird. How would a poop be? In well, color? you've got the book, so you can look at what a rainbow poop means. Look at look at poop, Nicole. I'm betting it means if you have a red poop, yellow poop, and a green poop, they're worth nine points or something. What's a poop of any color? Um. So he is this dude. Farmer troll could grow bumper crops if he had a little magic and a variety of fertilizers. Doesn't need any reputation problems to so keep your suffering pets to yourself. Right, so he wants a poop of every color. If you have a poop of every color, you get that times many poops three. times three. So you get nine points. Well, if you get, so, it just says if you have a variety. Oh, okay. So, oh, so, it, so red poop and green poop <coughs> I don't are know. the only yellow. two Double options. Checking. Yellow poop. There is no yellow poop. There's yellow poop. Yeah, there's yellow poop. There's only two yellow poop. Mute. So you have to have a yellow poop. This oh, is the yellow poop. Oh, no, I get it. Okay, I'm with you now. Right, I almost uh, want to shuffle these cards back in right now. Well, I think we should. Yeah, well, most of them are really, I mean, like, there's well, like three cards here. Well, I wonder if we were supposed here. to do that each time anyway. That bummed me out. We <laughs> <laughs> have to do that every turn. I'd be so mad. So this moves up this time? Or no? Yep, and he becomes a three. So Joseph and Dolly Parton would both be proud if they received a poop of many colors. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> what? Now there's a bit of uh, symbols in this game, a little bit of symbology that uh, <laughs> is just enough that you will always have to keep the instruction book close. You just will. Well, not <clears throat> once you've played it several times. I think you'd probably have to hit quite a few plays. Eh, probably. I'd say probably over five at least in order to not have to look that up. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, there you go. That's a new customer and that's just another variant that he wants, you know, that's different than the other customers in the game. He wants you know? a variety of poop. Right. And not sadness, though. Right. No. Happy no poopers. Sad. Happy poopers, yes. Right. So here we come to a late game controversy, and I accidentally allow Brianna to move a pet from one cage to another mm. after the, you know, take care of your pet cards have been drawn without thinking. And I realize I was wrong to do it when Nicole decides that she would like to do the same. If I already draw my cards and I know what's coming up. Well, I, I didn't I realize the order anyway, so... Well, I didn't... I mean, I wasn't thinking for mine that, like, I the yellow needed to be there. Because this doesn't have any play on it at all. And that's why... Is that what you're, you're talking about, moving the... No, I'm talking about once you draw all your cards and you get to see what you actually are able to deal with. Yeah. I could potentially, like, move a cage here or move a guy here or move my cage around and all of a sudden right. I'm dealing with different things and it completely changes the dynamic, even though the revelation of the cards is supposed to be a surprise based on your gamble of how right. you decide. Um, well, I wasn't thinking things. about purples coming <clears throat> up. 
when I was planning out this guy. So I'm just saying I screwed that up. But if there's an order to it, I'm sorry. Well, no, I'm, I, I know. I know. I'm just... I would love to rearrange my cages too, but that's I'd be cheating. Absolutely cheating if I did it. So do you want me to switch mine back then? <clears throat> I, don't, I don't know. I, did you get them after the cards? If you got your cards first, looked at your cards and said, this would be better if well, I switched no, these Well, no, I around. switched it just because of that being with this guy. Like, I left, I wanted to leave this guy in there because that's where I'd put him. But I just was like, oh, crap, that, like, symbol is with the yellow. So that's why I moved it, not based on my cards. It was based on, that's, oh, my gosh. I mean, I, I don't, I, like I said, I don't know how the flow went, but I'm sure, I'm sure you didn't mean to. But Nicole was, like, looking at all her cards and saying... I need to switch these around so they fit my cards better. Well, I didn't even think about it, so it doesn't matter. I'm sorry. And Well, in essence, the only thing it'll do for me is then basically just this guy has to come out. So if you guys want me to switch it back for... We might we might need to just switch it back. Just okay, Nicole, yeah. Nicole no, I don't care. Do no, 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 no. Mine was different. Mine was based on my cards. Hers was not based on her cards. Okay, so if Nicole doesn't have a problem with it, you can switch them the way you wanted to. I don't care. All, all I have a problem with is you yell at me and not her, so. Okay, I'm, my apologies to both of you. <laughs> but I, I, you can't switch them after you've regarded all your cards. Okay, done. Okay, so we're all laid out, ready to go. Matt's first player, work yours out. Thanks for not complaining about anything this round. You're welcome. <laughs> Good times, huh? Oh man! How about that? Now, Dungeon well, Tips Pit or the Tip Pets Tip here, okay? Here's Follow a tip. the phases absolutely. Give plenty of time for everyone. Don't assume like I did that everyone had the flow of things after two hours of play and was going <laughs> through them at a faster pace than I was before. Make sure you have plenty of times, okay? Because otherwise, someone that you might end up making a mistake like this. Well, we we <clears throat> missed that part where you could rearrange. Right. Like right. It's, and it's so easy to, to say, oh, well, we're, we're just now starting this next phase. You can go ahead and make that change at the last phase. However, this is one of these awkward situations where now there's all the all the evidence they need to completely revise the, how they did the last turn and do better. Right. And, well, and when I was editing, I did end up hearing that, indeed, Brianna already did have her cards right. at the time that she wanted to do all of her swapping. Again, I don't think she intentionally was, like, just maliciously going, oh, I'm going to switch my cards. They're not going to notice. Right. Or anything like that. But it turned out she was doing the exact same thing that I'd wanted to do. She well, saw her cards. Well, she said that she said she had made a mistake and was like it intended to move this monster over to this other cage and just messed up the turn before. Yeah, but then she already had her cards. I'm just saying, the turn order is right. important in this game. Right. Because otherwise so, you end the up... The phase order, rather. Yeah, you can't... There's no take-backs yeah. at that point. Yeah. Once you have those cards, there's no take-backs. And that's... You know, I made a mistake and said, sure, yeah, I guess we're just starting this one. Go ahead and move them if you want. And then Nicole looks at her cards, I'm not kidding, for like five minutes and says, okay, I'd like to switch my monster's cages, too. And then you called me a cheater. And no, I said that would... I can't let you do that. That would be cheating. Mm-hmm. I didn't say, you're a cheater, Nicole. This is a rough one. Cheater. And then I went out back and I built this. Do you like that growl? That I, was pretty I, I good. I got this, like, all this wood together and I put a big stake in the middle of it and I was like, come forward, cheater. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that never happened like that. <laughs> Anyhow, continuing on. <clears throat> okay, well, we go through another exhibition. Nicole wins the next exhibition. So all that anger was for nothing. I... Uh, <laughs> 
I second. Uh, I, I take second. Brianna takes third. Matt takes last. Now Brianna sells at this point for a huge twenty-one points, and I sell yeah. nothing. She has the perfect monster cage Storm. card combo going on. Ridiculous. Oh, and she had. She had. Uh, there's another space you can take on the action board that instead of like normally you take whatever your score is at the end of the sale and you times it by two and she had actually taken a, a guy and used it to make it times three there's a space on the board where you can do you basically send an imp down to make the auction of your monster more effective right <clears throat> matt sells for 10 points nicole sells for four and the final round goes kind of uneventful but we do have our final exhibition and we sell two different customers at the end of the fifth round so let's listen to this final clip and that's the end of the game Brianna beat us by like 20 points but I didn't lose she beat me by 21 points and you came in second yes and Nicole had a crappy game and I had a crappy game you were close I'm dead last but you were close to not dead last you were one and a half points away from not being dead last. If it wasn't for all your poop, you would have won. <laughs> See, that's an appropriate way to end right there, Nicole. If it wasn't for all your poop. I would have won. You would have won. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have lost. I still wouldn't have won. Brianna was like ridiculously ahead. Right. She got this game, you know, despite the questions, she was getting this game really well. Yeah. I and... was not. <clears throat> Matt was not. Right. Uh, so... Let's just talk about what we like about this game. That's the end of the clip. Let's talk about what we like about this game. Okay. Uh, first up front, I've already mentioned it. I really like the artwork in this game. And it's I really love... really pretty. The board is so dynamic and so uh, active. It, it, it's almost just like a piece of art on its own. And then you, then you kind of like, once you stop, stop just kind of taking it all in, all the little like little subtleties and all the little you know, extra characters drawn onto this board that are doing their business around this little town area and stuff. <laughs> Is that another poop joke? <laughs> They're doing their business. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they, you regard all that, and then finally you start kind of noticing, oh, well, look, there's all these little spaces in here. That's weird, you know? And you yeah. just kind of, like, you, you just start... It's almost like the board fills in after you kind of, like, are sort of stunned by how much there is there. It's really active. <laughs> it looks fantastic. Right. There was one point, though, um, the stuff for the cages, the little extras for the cages, mm -hmm. it's in such a tiny little corner of the board, I kept forgetting that they were there. Right. So that's a purchase I forgot about mm -hmm. a couple times. Right. So. Well, <clears throat> there are a lot of spaces on the board, and yeah. it is a bit confusing. And the game, whenever you, speaking of the board directly, whenever you play four players, you... Uh, you get to use this side of the board. And if you're using two or three, use this other side of the board or something like that. And it reduces how many spaces are available to you. There, there's multiple sides to the board. Oh, I didn't even notice. There is. Okay. So if you flip the whole board over, you get a reduced I amount of spaces. You also have blocked spaces that you have to put like a little imp guy of a, of a color you're not using in. And he rotates around a certain path of arrows blocking spaces mm -hmm. as, as the game goes on. You know, act, actually, actually sort of acting as another player. Right. But it's not that bad. I think it's a pretty elegant way of acting like another player is involved with the game and not changing the game because the game is balanced as this four-player game. Um, <clears throat> I think that uh, this is another one of these games where I'm playing a Vladas where I'm like, 
when he does a dense game, it's so it's so like thought out and so detailed and just fits and every everything works really well. It's it's masterfully done. By the time by the time you really regard it all and the, by the time you understand it and you soak in the whole picture, you just can't believe how elegant and how cool everything works and still brings out this theme of taking care of pets and stuff like that and still mm-hmm. makes you feel like I feel like I'm taking care of a pet and getting ready, getting it ready for sale. Yeah. And I'm trying to take care of it. I'm trying not to kill it. And I actually do feel like I'm going to market and buying new pets. And which ones do I want? And there's all these great decisions in this. And this, and, and it all mechanically works together. It's amazing. Right. It's amazing. This guy, I think he's like probably one of the best at combining heavy mechanics with, with a well-presented theme yeah. of, of almost anyone. That, it's really, <laughs> yeah, I agree with all of that. Right. Um. I think it's a really good thinking game. And I think that that you uh you don't have to overthink turns, but you do have these moments where you just I I feel that what I call brain burn, which means you're sitting there and you're having these like you have to have that kind of decision making process in order to do it where you're like, Do I do this or do I do that? And if I do that, well this is come back around, you're measuring all these options constantly because every one of them is important. And every turn, you're kind of left wishing you had one more imp or another turn or another action or there That's was one more space of this. And That's d- how and, that works. Well, and this one does that wonderfully. Mm-hmm. It really does. And your brain feels like it got sort of worked by the end of it. You're kind of mentally exhausted and you're just like, I just want to eat a hot dog or something and not think about anything, you know. Uh, I think the components are really good. Yeah. I think that uh, it's... <clears throat> Those little those little imps in multiple colors are really cute little guys to play with. Mm-hmm. The like I said, I like the plastic they're made out of too. Right, the colors they're really nice. I like that the monsters also are eggs on one side because <laughs> yeah. ultimately, of course, we use we use a draw bag, which doesn't come with the game. Uh, but you know, when what you're supposed to do normally is put all of these eggs face down on the table. And then you pick up one of the eggs and it hatches into a monster as you flip it over to see what gets placed on the new turn. Right. Which is really a clever idea. It's just a fun little piece and those little wheels on them to keep track of their levels and stuff is just really smartly done. Right. Um, so I have no complaints about that. So what do you not like about like this? What, what don't you like? It's a bit overwhelming. Right. And... You know, people kept saying, you know, Glenn and and Daniel both right. put on the guild, if you guys are going to play this, play through it first and then play through it. Right. Which apparently you took as a challenge. <laughs> so you decided, <laughs> nope, we're going to learn the rules and then we're just going to do it. What I thought was, <laughs> if I, like, and normally I will sit down with you guys and I give you the rules rapid fire in about 15 minutes. And then I just kind of play pick up, pick up, you know, clean up as we go the rest of the time, which doesn't it's not really that bad. Usually it's about a 15 minute teach. This one, I'm not kidding, doing a full half hour, like doubling what I normally do to explain this. And you guys have all played worker placement, so I didn't think it would be that bad. Then following it up with me answering questions. And they were there were a lot of questions. I sat there for 10 minutes answering questions so now i'm nearly 300 percent more teaching time than i would normally do and, and i'm thinking i'm thinking it. at this point we should be able to just get through round one which doesn't have an exhibition or a person in it and as long as we can get through that i can fill in the details of everything else nope 
And it was not like that. Nope. It was not like that. In fact, at some point, I, I, it just it got to the point where I was just like asking you guys, like by the by the last t- couple turns, like I just was like, guys, I have to take my turn too. It was like I had to basically because every turn would end or like every phase would basically begin with you guys asking me questions, and you would ask questions until everyone had already completed their phase, and then I got to complete my phase after that. You know. I was like the mom who never gets to sit down to dinner until everybody's already done eating dinner because everybody <laughs> needs stuff. That's what it felt like. That is your job, <clears throat> game teacher. Right. So I'm just going to say this is a, has an extremely high learning curve. Yeah. Extremely high. And I know some people said, oh, well, it's not that bad once you get it down. You know, my daughter can play it, et cetera. Yeah, once you've played it. <clears throat> but I, God, man, it was rough. Yes. I've, I have never answered this many questions or given this much attention to teaching beforehand ever. Yeah. That's why I was laughing in some of those clips is because it's, it's hilarious to me that there's that many questions. Cause I, I was expecting it like a, a little bit of extra questions and it was 10 times what I expected. It, it was just a barrage, right. constant barrage of questions. Um, I'll say that the length is a little bit longer than I like four-player games to be. We played for about two and a half to three hours. Yeah. By the but time we were done. I don't think next time we would. <clears throat> I, I don't really think so don't. either. We'd probably pull it in just under two, I'm, yeah. I'm guessing. I or think just right easily. around two. If we don't wait too long before we try and play it again. Right. Because if we wait too long, we're not going to remember anything. Right. And then it's just going to be bad again. I think you'd be surprised. Whenever I started reviewing the rules, I played it one time last May, getting ready to play it, and then we just didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And... When I started reviewing the rules, everything instantly came back to me, and I understood how the game played. Mm-hmm. I didn't remember the poop formula. <laughs> I didn't quite remember that, and a couple other little details like that. But for the most part, I understood how cages worked. I understood how pets grew, how you how you played cards to take care of them. I, I understood all that, how you bid. Yeah. I, I knew all well, that before I even started. And in all fairness on that, there is like <clears throat> a little cheat board where you do get to see all the formulas are in front of every every player. Right. So you don't have to, like, learn them all. They're right there. There's a reference right. for you to go to. Mm-hmm. All the phases are on there, too, but we were just kind of flying through stuff. Right. So, yeah. Well, I pointed out on everybody's little screen. Oh, you, yeah, there are all the I phases know, but... and all the steps that happen in each of those, and everybody's still But we didn't follow the formula. Me. We didn't go through it. You were like, okay, then we're ready for this. Okay, then we're ready for that. We just kept going, going, going. You know, so the little detail-y parts. It like would have been four and a half hours cages if I hadn't done stuff. that. Anyhow. <laughs> So anyways, what do you think the difficulty is to teach this game to a non-gamer? 17. I know. It might as well be. On a scale of five. On a scale of one to five, it's a five. Yeah. I'd say that is not appropriate at all to teach a non-gamer. Yeah. You you do not pull... I think you would break someone with it. I could not pull my grandfather, who's 95 years old or 94 years old or whatever. 97? He's old. He's old. I could not pull him into this and say, okay, here's how we play this game. He would give up before I even got five minutes into He'd it. He'd look be at like, the board it. and be like, yeah, I don't know about that. He'd be like, well, what else do you want to do? I don't think your mom would go for it. <laughs> no. I know my mom wouldn't go for right. it. My brother wouldn't go for it. No. I'm just saying, you got this is, this is a game for gamers. And mm-hmm. people have to be interested in that type of game, I think, truly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people who really appreciate game mechanics and you know appreciate like you know a really well designed game will love this game. Mm-hmm. But even they are going to have an entire first game 
where they just stumble and bumble their way through it and barely come out the other side having played an actual game and not just asked questions the whole time. Either that or we are the dumbest bunch of people. We are so moronic. It's unbelievable. <laughs> no. Sometimes. <laughs> right. Uh, so what would you give this out of five for a rating? <laughs> you go first. It's a four. See, I want to say five, but it's just so stinking hard. I like That's it That's the lot. thing that detracts. It's a four. I, I got to go four, I think, just because it's so stinking hard to, right. to grasp. Otherwise, but it's really a lot of but, fun. But, I mean, a four means that I really like it. It's in my collection. I'll, I really want to play it again. I don't expect it to leave, and I want to play it again. Yeah. And I won't play it every time someone asks, but I definitely don't want to get rid of it. Yeah. It's a solid game. Mm-hmm. There's an expansion out for it. Maybe I'll buy that sometime. Oh, dear. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Does it have more poop? I think so. It's got actual molded poop. No, I'm just kidding. It doesn't have that. Uh, so that's the end of uh, our uh, review of Dungeon Pets. <laughs> <laughs> right, Nicole? That's right. You know what that means, too. It's the end of the episode. Yep. This is the end of the episode. Yep. So we've reached the end of episode 35. Under like it 35? Says. Why does it say 34? Uh, that's because I wrote something wrong. Isn't that horrible when you get to the end of the You're episode and look at your notes and go, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Tabcast is going to soldier on into the summer months, and we hope that you come with us. As usual, we thank you for listening to us, and we know there are literally hundreds of board game podcasts, and thank you so much for spending your listening time with us. Uh, if you would like to become more involved in the creation of our podcast, join our guild by visiting TalkAboutBoardGames.com and clicking the forum button in the top left corner. A Board Game Geek membership is required, but if you haven't discovered Board Game Geek, you are missing the single most important resource for the board gaming hobby since a brick-and-mortar game store. And no, they don't pay us <coughs> to say that. Right. They're just that good. You can also follow us on Twitter at TA Board Games or on Instagram. Feel free to like our Facebook page or leave a review view of our podcast on itunes in two weeks we will return with a feature game voted on by our guild members brought to you by <laughs> are you trying to do something fancy <laughs> brought to you by the voice, the voice, voice, voice of, of the, the people. people no that was just a lot of effort. <laughs> I'm not very savvy. <laughs> Nicole and I uh, will go head-to-head in the game of Portal, the uncooperative cake acquisition game. So thank you once again for listening. Hope to hope you listen again in two weeks. Huh? <laughs>
What's a snake kitty sound like, Nicole? Meows. <laughs> Meows. Meows. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> 